Well, hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Sea Report coming to you live on this August 19th, 2021. Can you guys believe it is already the 19th of August? Like, where did this year go? Like, seriously, it's it's pretty much out the door. I always say once you get into the fourth quarter, you're done, right? It's done kaput. Just forget about 2021. Start putting your hopes and your wishes onto 2022 because it's going to be here a lot quicker than y'all think. I always kind of wonder uh, what makes time move so quickly. Uh, you know, they used to say the older you get, the quicker time moves. And I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I just feel like right now we're in a time of quickening, right? I think that's kind of what I think more so than the older. I don't know. Maybe maybe there are others out there who can impart some wisdom on me like that. Now, I'm not a spring chick by any means, guys. I mean, look at me. Got the bags under the eyes. I don't got quite the crow feet yet, but I do have, you know, Mount Vesuvius across my... <laughs> no, not Mount Vesuvius. What is it? The Vias Marinaris. You know, that that big old freaking Grand Canyon on Mars. It's right here, guys. <laughs> right across the forehead. You know? Anyways, we're not vain here at the Sea Report, but I just thought it was kind of funny. How are y'all guys doing on this Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Thursday daytime? It might be uh, Friday if you're on the other side of the world for all I know, but I hope you guys are having a good one either way and that your spirits are light and lifted and uh, that fire is still burning inside you. I know for most people, I don't have to, to worry about the fire burning inside, you know, because uh, uh, a lot of people who come around these parts, they still got that Kindle burning. You know what I mean? I hope you guys are having a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, but yes, uh, so we are live here today on the Twitch and on the Foxhole app, naturally, most naturally, and also the Trovo. And uh, we have a bunch of early settlers coming in today to see what's going on over the sea reports. Joan of Sark took first place today. But, you know, actually, you know, what? Pilled by the Rabbit had uh, had a comment in here a bit earlier. He was uh, digging on some new uh, rabbit holes, from what I understand. So I was like, have fun, my friend. Have fun, my friend. Uh, Pill by the Rabbit, Joan of Sark, Aurelius Locke. What's going on, buddy? Uh, let's see. Tam Garau cheering me on. Thank you, Miss Tam Garau and Joan of Sark. Mine has been pretty good. Thank you. Hope yours has been as well. See, it has been. It has been a good Thursday. Um, I've fallen into a bit of a routine, okay? Because, like, you know, shows at 7.30 um, and then, you know, dinners before that. And then it's uh, a bunch of cramming, you know, like putting the show together and all of that stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, actually prior to that, going to the gym. So, you know, like I've actually been working out. And I can say that now because I've been doing it for about three weeks straight, almost every single day. God, guys, I don't know where I'm finding the strength, but I do have my uh, partner in crime who's, I guess, who's pushing me along. So uh, we try and encourage each other. You know, when one of us is feeling super lazy, the other one's kicking each other in the butt <laughs> and vice versa. Uh, but yes, uh, Pill by the Rabbit says, hello, lots of rabbit holes today. Pill by the Rabbit, you're going to have to stop digging them rabbit holes. You know, if there's too many holes, the ground will just become unstable. It'll be like witches on a cemetery grave ground, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> you dig as many holes as you want, Rabbit, and we will follow you down them. I promise. Joy for Trump, how are you doing? Working and lurking. Hey, Mr. Seenfall. Joy for Trump, I hope you are well, sweetie, because of all of this uh, mandatory vax and mandatory mask stuff that's going on. 
I know you're in the health uh, health industry, sweetie. So I hope all is well in your neck of the woods. Joy for Trump. We'll pray for you most definitely. <laughs> what is this about, Aurelius Locke? There can only be one. There can only be one first place. Is that what you mean? Uh, well, you know, I don't know. Does it show you guys in the chat? Because about uh, because about seven seventeen. Central Time, uh, Pilled by the Rabbit did drop a message in the chat, <laughs> and I responded, uh, but yes, <laughs> but most definitely yes. What is great? What are we talking about? Okay, let's see here. Thank you for the uh, wishes for the great show, Disco Ball Chaser. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting that cookie, filling up that cookie jar uh, at the start of it. Well, let's see if we can fill up a cookie ship. Uh, <laughs> Sherry Pittsburgh, good evening. Welcome back. And Pill by the Rabbit has returned. Hiya, Just V. How you doing, ma'am? It's good to see you again, as always, Just V. Texas girl, good evening, everyone. Was watching House O'Frank's speech with Dr. Peter McCullough on COVID. Excellent report. You know, um, I really need to get onto Frank's speech. Now, let's not be mistaken here. I absolutely have an account, but let me tell you what, do you remember the day that Frank's speech went live? It was like, Frank's speech will be live at 8.30 a.m. And um, I was there at 8.36 a.m., right? And I tried to log on and I was like, I guess it's just too, too many people were going in or whatever. So since that time, way back when, you know, I, I, I was able to finally get an account and believe it or not, guys, no one had taken the Mr. C, uh, moniker or, you know, handle. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get to be Mr. C on frankspeech.com. But then like, it wouldn't take, it just, you know, you put in your account name, you put in your information, you put in your password and nothing. And I was like, oh, come on, Mr. Lindell. Like, why is this not working? So anyways, since Lindell Cyber Symposium, I've been going back and forth with frankspeech.com trying to get in with the password that I uh, with the password that I gave them and it doesn't seem to work. And then, you know, so then it's like reset your password. Right. And so then, like, I tried that, but then it does. not I, you know, I tried I tried the two primary emails that I use and and it, Frank speech is not sending me my password reset. So come on, Mr. Lindell. <laughs> divert a few more funds into Frank's speech and let's get this baby rolling so that this way I can like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know what all you can do on Frank's speech. I hear people have shows on Frank's speech and stuff like that. And I would love to get the C report on Frank's speech. You know, I'm sure, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure in my, my, you know, uh, self-important adult mind, maybe uh, Mike Lindell would like to have the C report on Frank's speech. I don't know. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it, we'll see how that goes. You know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yes, let's see. <laughs> let's see what else is going on there. Uh, Mama C made enchiladas for you, LOL. There were no such thing as enchiladas, uh, least of all with uh, Velveeta cream cheese, with Velveeta cheese. <laughs> oh, hey, what else do we got going on here? Oh, oh wait, wow, see, that's great. Uh, hey, Casual Gigi, how are you doing? Joy for Trump says, looks like I'll be out here. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry to hear that Joy for Trump. Um, and and I truly hope and pray that another door will open for you. Um, because, I mean, you, it sounds like Joy for Trump, you're standing your ground. And uh, I see the crying faces in the comment. Um, but 
you know, maybe there's some other blessing behind this, you know, like, you know, that's all I could say, um, joy for Trump. I would say to everyone in the chat, you know, um, that's a tough decision. And it sounds like you're going to toe the line. I mean, there, there are only so many people out there who are built for this type of situation. And, you know, this type of situation, especially when we're talking about the mandatory vaccines, like I'm sure you guys saw this, there was this video of like this, uh, I think she was like Chinese or an Asian lady who's being forced to take the vaccine and they showed it and she's like resisting and crying and saying no, and they're forcing her to do it. Like, what has this world come to? And, and, and what I really want to know is, does everyone out there who got the vaccine, does everyone out there who supports that crap, do they think that that's natural? Do they think that that is normal? You know what I mean? Like, do, do, they, do they not feel empathy or, or even a, a, a type of fear, you know, for what they're seeing on this video when they're forcing a woman to get a vaccine who clearly does not want it, who's crying, who's saying no. She's dodging and maneuvering as much as she can to not be forced to have this, you know, needle stuck into her arm with whatever the heck is in there. You know, like, um, uh, I, I really wonder, you know, are all of the mindless, brainless, uh, emotionless, thoughtless and I'm not judging them, guys. I'm not judging them. I'm just observing, you know, like, do they at any point look at something like that and say, damn it, this is wrong? You know, um, I don't know, guys. We'll see. But yeah, you know, joy for Trump. You're in my prayers. And I hope I hope that with the, whatever decision you make, uh, you end up blessed a thousandfold. And I'm not even joking uh, because it takes some it takes some kind of strength to be able to sacrifice security in order to ensure our freedom and liberty sacrificing security to ensure our freedom and liberty 100% guys we cannot trade our freedom and liberty for safety and security that's bs right but we've all been taught uh at least starting in my generation i would say at least in my generation but most definitely in the generation after mine definitely taught that that's what you want. Oh, we just want to be safe. Oh, we just don't want to get shot by the killer. Uh, why go and stop him from rampaging? And that's kind of an extreme example. But I think you guys understand my point on that. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, sunny days. Good evening and welcome to the sea chats. Everyone say hello to sunny days. <laughs> I'm going to put that guy on the screen right there. I'm going to go and add this here. There's our bar. That's some of the topics that we will be covering in this afternoon if you want to peruse. Um, let me see what else do we have. It's good to see all you guys in the chat right now. Uh, Empress Beach to you says, to Disco Ball Chaser, is that an invitation to supper? Well, you know, I always said don't, uh, don't, uh, don't go espousing all that you'll be having without making enough for everybody, Disco Ball Chaser. <laughs> But just so you know, Disco Ball Chaser is not Mama C either. <laughs> Highlander, the quickening. There can only be one. Oh, that's right. There can only be one Highlander. You know, I totally forgot about that Aurelius Locke. I used to watch Highlander all the time when I was growing up. Um, and then, I don't know. I, I mean, but that was back when I was just, you know, I didn't have cable television when I was a child. I was, uh, I came from a blue collar, you know, like, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, uh, 
mid 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 level. I, we were a middle class. We were. I think we were middle lower. Honestly, I think we were middle lower. Of course, San Antonio has much lower standards for living than most most uh, cities and places do. So we might have been lower. I don't know. San Antonio has really low standards for living. I do not enjoy San Antonio, y'all. I don't like San Antonio. I loathe San Antonio. And uh, if you're looking for a river walk, if you come to San Antonio, get ready for a dirty stream. It's not even a river, you know, like uh, up in Austin, they got what uh, town lake that looks like a river, but it's a lake and it's just a very oblong lake, I guess. And I enjoyed that a whole lot more than the river walk. At least you can do like a three or four or five mile jog around town lake. You can't even walk on the river walk. I mean, I mean, basically, if you uh, if you reach your hand out, <laughs> you can touch someone on the other side. It's nothing attractive. It's just uh, a tourist thing. I, I don't go to the river walk. It sucks. Okay, I'm sorry if I just ruined everyone's dream. I'm sorry if everyone wants to go see the Selena Bridge. I am not a Selena fan. And for those of you who don't know who Selena is, you're not missing out on much. Okay, anyways, let me get back into here. Texas gal. What's up? Okay. Um, sorry, I just saw you in the direct comment below, or at least Locks Highlander comment. CDP4JC holding up the love. What's up, CDP4JC? Uh, vaccine mandate by September 27th. Again, my prayers to you, Joy for Trump. My prayers to you, Dpatriot1776. Grr! Where have you been, sweetie? I have not seen you in a minute. It's good to have you back, my Joyzy friend. And uh, thank you for gifting the cookie. Um, over to the cookie jar. <laughs> oh, we've missed you, Miss uh, Dpatriot1776. Uh, we missed you. Texas Gal says, oh, no, that is horrible. This Dr. McAuliffe uh, sure, sure opened my eyes on aller allergic. Sorry, guys, the chat's moving. Let me see if I can't finagle this way back up. Eh, okay. All right, I got a hold of the cursor bar, so we should be good from here on out. Okay, uh, on another stream actions, I, I send you a tight, tight hug. Oh, thank you, Texas gal. And I receive that tight, tight hug, and I, uh, and I hug you back. <laughs> Digital hugs, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Sea Report. Uh, I get Lindell texts all the time. Tam Brow, you get Lindell texts. That foo has never, ever texted me. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just I could never get past the uh like sign up you know like apparently i have an account like when i go to frankspeech.com it recognizes my uh credentials as an account but it still does not let me in anyways we'll get there we'll get there uh joy for trump now updates fortunately for me i am close to retirement age been here for 36 years you know what girl good for you good for you sweetie i'm so glad to hear it Maybe there will be another mixed black bag of blessings in there. Deborah Erdman, good evening, my sweet. Welcome to the Sea Chats. Hope you're having a good evening, afternoon, wherever you might happen to be. Uh, let's see. <laughs> hey, Empress Beach to you. It looks like you got the invite. So uh, dinner at Mr. C's house. I'll hold Disco Ball Chaser to it. Uh, let's see here. Yes, God's plan. I love the I love the optimism and faith. That's what we need right now. Uh, let's see here. Tam Grau, the children they are forcing breaks my heart. They are screaming. Yes, yes. The children that are being forced, whether it's the children who are being forced by their own parents 
or it's the children who are being taken into a stadium in Australia or New Zealand or wherever it is that's disgusting. I mean, you may as well take those children and subject them to the sex slave uh, trafficking. And I'm not advocating that. I'm saying if you're going to do something, if you're going to stick a little prick in them against their will, I mean, come on, guys. It's the same crap. You know, it's the same crap. And it just, I don't even know if I want to go there, honestly, because uh, it just totally, it chafes my buns, guys. Like, and you know, chafe buns is not a fun thing. Chafe buns is right up there with hemorrhoids, guys. You don't like it. <laughs> the thing is with chafe buns, not even a pillow helps. Anyways, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Pill by the Rabbit, to clarify, says, Joan of Sark, you were first for the show, but I was first to drop Mr. C. A. Red. Is that, are you the one who dropped me those red pills? I mean, those gold pills, I, I, uh, I noticed that. I was like, oh, look at that. I was like, someone dropped me some pills. I was like, I'm not even live yet. Thank you, Pill by the Rabbit. I appreciate that. It didn't show up. So um, uh, thank you. I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, Pill by the Rabbits, you're opening up a can of worms here. <laughs> you're opening up a can of worms here, Pilled by the Rabbit. But you know what? I've never entertained this, uh, this, uh, this topic of conversation live on the Sea Report. But why not? You know what? Pilled by the Rabbit, he introduced it, so it's not like it was on me. Um, Pilled by the Rabbit says... Um, Joan of Sark, you were the first for the show, but I was the first to drop Mr. C a red pill or a gold pill. Cause I mean, they should, Oh, you know what? That, okay. Maybe you weren't the gold. Someone dropped some gold pills prior to the show, but definitely there were red pills. So I apologize if I got, got that slightly confused. Uh, but then he goes on to say, that's what I do in the rabbit holes. Then he says, there are idiots out there dropping blue pills. Now, pilled by the rabbit and to the rest of my endearing audience who is currently listening at this moment. You may not be aware, uh, if you go to my pilled account, where, wherein you can drop red pills and blue pills, you might notice a crazy spike in blue pills. I mean, we're talking about a thousand blue pills dropped in one night on my account. And uh, I'm not going to tell you who I might speculate that that was. And I'm not going to tell you anything about that, honestly. But I'm going to tell you that, indeed, someone out there in the uh, nether regions of the interwebs uh, thought that they had the big pants. You know, they're going to they're going to raise up their panties and their britches and they're going to drop a thousand blue pills on the Mr. C account because they just disdain my work so much. But I mean, ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, I think my work speaks for itself. And uh, I think it, it was pretty petty and trivial that those individuals thought that uh, dropping blue pills on me would somehow break my morale. Like, no, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I know my own worth. Now, let me tell you something, guys. There was a period in my life where I did not know my own worth. I did not know my own worth, guys. I did, I, and, and is can you equate that with not loving yourself? I don't know, maybe, but uh, I couldn't see what my own worth was to myself, you know. And uh, one day I figured it out, you know. And uh, and you know, you know, some some people would say, if you can't love yourself, how can you love someone else, or something like that, right? I'm not gonna. You you guys might know who who that quote comes from. But, um, it, it, you know, it's like, 
we don't need to waste our time on such negative energy. So I appreciate all of you guys who drop red pills on my pilled account. I mean, it's not necessary. I don't feel down because there's a, a thousand pill blue spike on my account on pilled.net. But if any of you guys feel, you know, if any of you guys want to run through any of my uh, previous shows and just drop red pills, you're more than welcome to. I mean, uh, the person who dropped all those blue pills was like, little did Mr. C know that an army of supporters would come and drop blue pills upon his show. And I was like, you know what, Foo? You were dropping blue pills on my show when I was part of your team. So whatever, Foo. Anyways, let's get away from that. I told you, I told you Pilled by the Rabbit opened up a, a can of worms that I don't get into because I, I don't talk about personal matters on the air. It's just not my style and it's totally petty. So I would never be like, hey, but, you know, but Pilled by the Rabbit, since you since you dug that rabbit hole, Pilled by the Rabbit, I thank you and I appreciate you. And I just thought I would share some of that inside baseball with you guys. And I'll leave it up to you all to fill in the blanks about what exactly I am talking about. <laughs> Anyways, OK. And the laugh comes. All right. Let's see what else we got here in the chat, guys. You guys are. ooh. You guys are like really giving me something to talk about right now. Okay, so uh, let's see what do we got. I mean, you know, this show is not about me. You know, this show is not about me. And that's why, why is that StreamYard banner on there? This show is not about me. And that's exactly why I don't talk about those things. Why is this on here? Hide. Okay, sorry, guys. I don't know why I was uh, promoting... I don't know why I was promoting StreamYard for a minute. I pay for the service, so I don't need to promote it. Okay, it's like uh, it's like twenty five dollars a month. Um, if I were to pay more than that, I could stream on more platforms, but it's like forty bucks a month. So, anyways, for some reason, I was promoting uh, you know StreamYard. I hope you don't mind, guys, uh, but I took it off. <laughs> okay, let me go back to the chat because I'm having a good time with you guys. Got a lot to say today. I mean, today's going to be a, um, today's going to be like a, a news news show. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a piece of my mind about Afghanistan. But other than that, we're not talking about Afghanistan today. That's off the charts. You guys can follow that on wherever you might so choose and desire to. Okay, let's see what else we got. PJ Zwiernik, welcome Welcome on in. I'm glad you, you. I'm glad your fox hop hopped you into the sea show today, uh, the sea report. And uh, you know, enjoy your stay while while you're here, PJ Zwiernik. And uh, I hope to see you around again sometime soon. Uh, yes, CPAC, and yeah, absolutely in Jesus' name. Nick Walls is in the house. What's up, buddy? How you doing, sir? How are you, sir? Now, Nick Walls, if I may say. Um, um, your show, Nick's Obscure Oddities. Did I say that right? If I didn't, drop the link in the chat. Okay, but uh, I, I would hope to tune in. I would hope to tune in this Saturday. However, President Trump will be giving a speech. Or he'll be in a rally in Alabama on Saturday, guys. And I've got the tea. Uh, 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. 7 p.m. Central Standard Times. <laughs> So anyways, guys, uh, expect to see uh, Mr. C live at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. We'll be live at 6 p.m. Central Time so we can cover the uh, Trump rally in Alabama. We got the we got the skinny for you. We got the 411. We got the info. 
that'll be Saturday. So what that means for you guys is that we will have Lone Star News at 4 p.m. on Saturday. We'll break for a quick dinner, and then we'll be back about 6 p.m. on Saturday. And then we will uh, meet up again at midnight to do a Mr. C in the Dark. So you're going to get me three times on Saturday. I hope you don't mind. And if you think I'm doing it too much, then just tell me to stop. But I can't because President Trump is going on. I mean, you know what? We have to go live when President Trump goes on live. So uh, I welcome all of you all to join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. That's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time and uh, 4 p.m. California Time. Uh, for President Trump's rally. And, you know, he it says 7 p.m. there and abouts on the uh, event information. So uh, we'll be in a little bit ahead of time so that this way we can, you know, uh, you know, we can do a little pep rally for President Trump. And then uh, I'm sure he'll be on about 8 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> so get ready for it, guys. But at least you'll get a taste of the Texan and myself uh, for Lone Star News because there is some Lone Star News that needs to be talked about. And uh, that'll be happening on Saturday, 4 p.m. Central for Texas uh, Lone Star News, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Central for President Trump's rally and 12 a.m. midnight Sunday night or Saturday night. If you're still awake and you don't count that as Sunday necessarily, I don't. Uh, we'll be live for Mr. C in the dark. It's going to be a fabulous, fabulous day on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to see my face a lot on Saturday if you happen to stop into the C chats here at the Foxhole app and beyond. Okay, Texas Gal says, I still don't have cable rabbit ears. <laughs> Down here, Texas Gal, how can you have rabbit ears? Obama fixed that. <laughs> it's more like uh, the square. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. Hey, what's going on? Ohio, Ohio Kimmy knows who Selena is. Ohio Kimmy, every now and then, I tend to give, um, I tend to send um, negative remarks about Selena. Now, don't get me wrong, Ohio Kimmy. When it comes to artists and musicians, you cannot deny them of their talent. But, I mean, Selena died in 1995. I was like in fifth grade or fourth grade. And I remember all the little girls crying over Selena because, you know, Yolanda Saldivar shot her or whatever. And um, I was like, I was like, why are you crying? <laughs> Anyways, and so, and so fast forward 20 years to Austin, Texas, when I'm, I'm hanging out in the dive bar scene. I'm, I'm a river rat over on Red River in Austin, Texas. That's my, that was my scene, dive bars, you know, like we're talking like, anyways, it doesn't matter, but like, you know, and, and, and Selena is all the rage with the millennials. We're talking like people 10 years, my, uh, uh, my not, how would you say that? Not senior 10 years, my, 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 my juvenile. <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck? And they're like, they're like, they're like, quiero bailar. <laughs> they're like, they're like, bitty bitty bum bum. <laughs> and I'm like, Beyonce? What, what, wait, what? Anyways, okay. No, I just, you know, you know, oh, there's some, there's some stuff I could tell you about Selena. Like when we're talking about like the, um, we're talking about celebrities who are offed, who are murdered who were like red roped for establishment capabilities, I thoroughly believe 
that Selena was murdered by the deep state because uh, let me tell you something. I have so many theories about uh, globalists and Illuminati types. You know, that's that's like kind of like well, Illuminati so passe, like globalists, you know, getting into the, the industries, you know. Um, like I have this whole theory of a timeline about, you know, cause they have to conquer culture. They have to conquer culture. They can't just take over politics. They can't just take over media. Obviously they have to conquer the culture. And, you know, it's just like I was talking about yesterday when I was telling you guys about my art, fr artistic friends and my writers and musician friends and actor friends and telling them that there was going to be a junior. Thank you. Telling them that there was going to be a great big sucking sound in the arts and publishing and music industry because everyone was going to get arrested for being pedophiles and satanic blood sucking baby eaters, you know, and, and they're like, huh? But I was like, look, just keep doing what you're doing because they're going to need people to fill that gap. All right. So that's what I said yesterday. So, you know, this whole timeline of things when it comes to when the globalists, the Satanists were taking over everything, I thoroughly believe and, and just follow, just follow the path, China, United Kingdom, America. It starts in China, it goes to the UK, the England, European areas, and it eventually comes to Europe. Just like culture does, just like, you know, uh, punk was hot in the like late 60s and 70s in, uh, in Europe, and then it came to America in the 70s to 80s, right? And then, you know, it became post-punk. That was my scene, post-punk, new wave and stuff like that. That's what I'm all about. But like, that's what I'm saying. So follow the pattern that way. You know, they took, uh, the, the globalists and Satanists took Oh, and I don't want to hear. And anyways, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Cause you know, sometimes my ideas end up on other shows, but anyways, so like, you know, um, you hear you, that's what they took over the United Kingdom in about, you know, the 50s, 60s, they're already working on them here in the, in the 50s, 60s in America, but they really didn't take over. Like they had a firm grasp on the music industry and the movie industry in America. It was movies first about the eighties, the music industry was full throttle globalist by the mid to late nineties into two thousands. Okay. Now they have to take over each industry. Cause you got your rap industry, you got your alternative industry, your hip hop industry, your top twenties industry, country, all that stuff. Well, they're like, well, how are we going to get the Tejanos? <laughs> and when they resisted, they killed Selena. Anyways, that's just part of my, uh, that's just part of my theory, my concept. But anyways, okay, let's get back into the chats before we get into some news. There's Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb says, Ohio Kimmy, go do the watching machine, Ohio Kimmy. <laughs> anyways, okay, Tam Growl, sorry it's buffering for you. Killed by the rabbit. Let me know if you need any help with your antenna. <laughs> uh, just V, thank you for gifting the shades. Cool. Good to see you tonight, Mr. J. It's good to see you, Just V. As always, it is. Always and forever, Just V. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I bought my ticket to Las Vegas. Ah, Just V. Okay, all right. Just V. We're going to get into this now. Okay. Uh, just V says, I bought my ticket for the Las Vegas Roundup. Okay. Um, and, and there shortly after WC Cranop, and, uh, he says, Mr. C, you received answers already. Just V and I were chatting in background. We heard something. Uh, okay. All right. Okay, guys. Okay. I'm going to pull away from the chat here for a minute. Cause I was going to, I was going to talk about this anyways. So the Patriot, uh, it, the Patriot double down is what it is called is happening in Las Vegas in October. Now I'm sure all of you guys know about this already, right? 
Okay, well, The Patriot Double Down is uh, is the sequel to The Patriot Roundup that took place in Dallas, Texas uh, about a month or two ago, right? Was it in January? Was it in January? Was it in June? It was in June, wasn't it? Okay, I was, I was, I was... I was authorized to attend as a member of the press over in, uh, in Dallas. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it. Okay. So, um, uh, just, just by way of chat, I guess I could tell you just V and WC Cranop and myself, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of, uh, um, uh, we're, we're kind of, uh, finagling some kind of a plan here. It seems like. And uh, we'll see what's up, uh, but I did want to show this to you guys today just to kind of promote the event. Now, um, I'm, I would be super stoked to attend. Um, thanks, to, thanks to WC and others, like it seems like there's a really good possibility that uh, the coordinators of the Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down will have Mr. C on as a press member. Um, now, to be quite frank with you guys, um, I was I was kind of doubtful that they would because I applied for my press credentials for the Dallas event and I was authorized. They said, yes, you can come in. And then I was not able to make it. Uh, and that's just because of circumstances that are beyond me and at no one's fault. It's just life has a way, you know, and so, you know, for whatever reason it was, you know, uh, fate decided that I was not going to attend that event, which is totally fine with me. But now it's kind of like this is happening. Um, uh, and and I promised I promised with Mr. West Coast that I would get a hold of them. So like you're submitting the things, you know, um, I was actually because you know guys it's i mean you know this is an event these these types of events are kind of events of a lifetime and you know they're it's not cheap for sure you know it's not cheap like i could not attend this event paying for my own ticket period but being a member of the crest i can uh, press i can get in there but not only can i get in there to like you know document the event i can also go and interview some of the speakers and interview some of those who are taking place in this event which i think is is beyond anything it, it's better than a handshake if you ask me it's better than an autograph um, I have the ability to pick their brains, you know, and and ask them questions and get perspectives and stuff like that. So I'm super stoked. And and I thought because I did not show up for the Dallas event, if I applied for my press credentials for this event, they might say no. They're like, you know, you are a no show. <laughs> They're like, because you didn't show up. We had some fool from, you know, I don't know. Uh, oh, where did that guy come from? I don't even know the guy that kicked out the guy that got kicked out. I don't even know who he was. Anyways. Um, but, uh, so let's take a, a quick look at the speakers so we can kind of see what is all going on here at this, uh, forgotten country double down in Las Vegas. And guys, let me tell you something. If you know anything about Mr. C, I am, I am not a gambling man by standards of gambling, like, you know, putting money on a table and betting it all on red. That's, you know, uh, that's not my thing. I am a gambling man, uh, in the sense of the word that I will take a chance, you know, that's the kind of gambling man I am. But, uh, aside from that, I love Las Vegas and it's, it's not because it's not because it's a city of sin. God forbid. Hell no. It's just because, you know, as a writer, um, I'm an observer and every time I've been to Las Vegas, everything is different, like from one trip to the next, you know, and, and I visited Las Vegas about eight times in five years so I could write a book about it. And I did. 
and um, it, it's everything would change. Like one 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 trip, something would be being built. One trip, something would be being torn down. One trip, something was completed. One trip, something was totally different. And I'm definitely a people watcher and an observer. Just don't forget about that about me. I observe and record everything in my. Uh, uh, some people would appreciate this in my Virgo mind. But anyways, okay, so let's take a look at the speakers. First of all, we have General Michael Flynn. Who would not want to interview General Flynn? <laughs> I know I would. Uh, not, not much else needs to be said about Mr. Flynn. David Harris Jr. will also be uh, um, a, a keynote speaker at this Patriot Double Down now. Uh, he's shared the stage with people like Candace Owens, Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza, uh, General Flynn, Charlie Kirk. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure there's a lot. And, you know, you look at that face right there, and that's the kind of face that liberals are afraid of. They're totally afraid of. You know, they're afraid of minority patriots. That's why I always said, you know what, you know, what? they're afraid of minority patriots. Well, guess what? I'm like, I'm like a double edged sword here, guy, because not only am I a Latino Trump supporter, I'm also a gay Trump supporter. So face that, guys. Anyways. OK, so uh, Jason Sullivan, the wizard of Twitter, will also be speaking. Look at this, guys. This tripped me out. Ron Watkins and Jim Watkins. I don't even know what I would ask. I know, you know, I would try. Okay, I know what I would ask these guys, but uh, <laughs> look at that. Look at that mustache. Anyways, okay. Colonel uh, Philip Waldron. Absolutely, guys. Who would not want to hear this genius speak? Um, that's That would be impressive. Uh, this dude is a super genius. This, this Phil Waldron, super genius. Super genius. Uh, Doug Billings, uh, uh, Doug Billings. He is, uh, the right side with Doug Billings, uh, one of the most promising new conservative political and social commentary programs in America. Awesomeness. Okay. This one's the one I would also be excited about. George Papadopoulos. I'd be like, so George, tell me about everything that happened when they framed you for creating the PP dossier. <laughs> George, tell me, what was it like being persecuted? Look at this, guys. Juanita Broderick. Can you believe that? Juanita Broderick. I would give anything to be with Juanita on the high roller happy hour event and just pick her brain. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, Juanita, we going to do shots at the top, girl? And uh, tell, me, tell me some more about your life. That's insane, guys. Juanita Broderick. Like, can you imagine how much the deep state is rolling over right now? They're like, they're going to have her speak at a Patriot event? What the heck? Like, they, they probably never even thought that she would be relevant in 2021. You know, going back, you know, what, 20 plus years almost uh, to the event, unfortunately. Uh, but here she is. She will be speaking, guys. Like, I would like, I they are quivering in their boots, guys. There's no wonder that they had a false flag at the Capitol today where they were going to blow up a bomb at the Library of Congress. I was like, you can't blow up the Library of Congress. One of my books is in there. Anyways, okay, sorry. That was just a pathetic a pathetic self-plug. Evan Sayet, I don't know who this man is, but apparently he is one of the nation's leading political pundits. 
Um, and uh, he has a 2007 lecture to the Heritage Foundation, which Andrew Breitbart called one of the five most important conservative speeches ever given. Mm. I, I mean, you know, that probably probably would be an interesting uh, bit also. Now, ah, here's another one I would be excited about. Representative Mark Fincham. You know, you know, Mark Fincham from Arizona, right? He's the representative who's been fighting for election integrity. And also uh, he totally opposed, totally opposed the entire 2020 presidential coup. He recognized it as a fraud and he was en route to turn over the alternative alternative uh, uh, electorate. Uh, when they framed him for being an insurrectionist and he had to sue Congress for calling him that, Mark Fincham has been one who's fighting. He's running for, he is running for the, uh, the um, uh, Arizona uh, attorney general at this point in time. So guys, if you're in Arizona, <coughs> Nick Walls, make sure you vote for Mark Fincham because this dude is solid. Sonny Borelli will also be at this event. And I think that is also very exciting. Honestly, I would rather hear Wendy Rogers. That's no, that's nothing against Mr. Borelli, Senator Borelli. But uh, that's cool, guys. Like they have a pretty cool lineup for this event. Representative Leo B Biashikui. <laughs> I can't speak Italian. Bias sushi. <laughs> Anyways, this dude is also from Arizona. Uh, Jim Marchant. Uh, this dude appears to be an innovator in the computer software, internet, and telecommunications industry beginning in 1984. How appropriate. He'll be speaking. And evangelist Sean Colliday. Sounds like it will be a good time over there in Las Vegas. See what we can do to get there. I was actually looking up um, air, uh, airline tickets. I was looking up. Uh, I was looking up how much the the price would be for uh, a flight to Las Vegas. Um, you know, I actually checked the prices on flights a, a couple, well, probably about a month or more ago. And I was like, eh, uh, they seem to be, they seem to have dropped to reasonable prices. So we'll see how that goes, guys. Uh, and if I can secure a flight over there, then we'll, we'll most definitely end up being in Las Vegas. Uh, the Sea Report will be broadcasting live if I can get that done. We'll see how that goes, guys. We'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys the, uh, the updates, and I'm sure you guys would like to know whether or not uh, the C report will end up in Las Vegas. Arrangements are kind of being made already, but it will all hinge on my flight tickets. So um, as of today, uh, prices look good. Uh, I just got to get, uh, I just got to wait for the money to drop, and we'll see if I can do that, guys. We'll see if I can do that. All right, because I can't drive. You guys know I don't got a car, so... <laughs> Otherwise, I would drive over there. I'm um, saving up for a car, too. Anyways, okay. All right. Let's go back into it because I know I just totally went onto this entire tangent here. Um, you guys are just showing love in the chat right now. And I am... Wow, I, I can't even catch up with the chat right now. Uh, a threesome jab, not my favorite threesome. Mitradate, tell us all about your favorite threesomes. Um, uh, the uh, What is it called now? 
the uh, the booster shots. It's not even been a year, and they're already requiring booster shots. Uh, Nick Wall says, "Doesn't Mister C need a strong arm force to put those blue pill pushers in their place?" Uh well, you know, I mean, if all of you guys went and dropped a red pill on every uh, episode I've done, I think that would take care of it. Honestly, it's ridiculous, guys. It's ridiculous, but it's okay. It's petty, so I don't really care about it. Um, I, I guess they feel I guess they feel better about themselves uh, because they have fewer blue pills than I do. I guess I don't know what's up with that. I'm like, why are you wasting your time? Clearly, you don't care about, uh, you know, your audience. No, I'm not going to say that, guys. I can't. That's just not my nature. It's not my style. It's not my style. I'm not going to get into it. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, let's see here. Belushi dropped a cookie. Thank you so much. Dropped by to throw a cookie. Thank you, sir. Happy trails to you. We'll see you down the road sometime. Uh, what time is a Trump rally? Asks Joy for Trump. Okay, so doors open at 2. So you know for a fact, if you're watching Right Side Broadcasting Network or any of the other networks, they'll probably be, be they will probably be broadcasting around 3 p.m. Uh, <clears throat> the event, as per Trump, is said to be at 7 p.m. Central Time. So I'm guessing he will be on stage around 7 or 8 Central Time. So we will be live here at the Sea Report at 6 p.m. Central Time, at least an hour or two to cheerlead and do a pep rally for President Trump prior to his speech patriot drummer but um but um but dump is in the house checking in brother feeling kind of tardy you know what patriot drummer you feel how you want to feel bubby um and if you feel like you should subject yourself to the woodshed by all means go ahead i'm not going to stop you <laughs> but you can hang out as long as you want skeeter burke i just i just get a hair up my tuchus and i gotta cut loose i'll stop sorry skeeter burke you're good girl you do you and you be yourself in these chat rooms because I will fully support you. I really hope I'm not driving through the dead zone. Davy Crockett National Forest at four on Saturday. Girl, what are you doing up in Davy Crockett National Forest? And where is that? <laughs> I don't even see where to give blue or red pills. Oh, just V. All you have to do is go to pills.net and look for Mr. C. Um, or I think you can even click on our icons here on uh, the Foxhole app and it might take you to pill.net. And then you'll see a red and a blue pill at the very top right-hand corner of each subject, which would be an episode or a topic of conversation. And then you just go to work. Anyways, Youper Viking. What's going on, Youper Viking? Welcome to the Sea Chats. I don't think I've seen you here in the chats before, Youper Viking, but welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, I'm most, I am most sure that uh, everyone in the family will make you feel nice and comfy here. And uh, thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for joining us. Better a hair than a head. Oh, girl, I got a hair up my butt. I got a head. <laughs> Youper, use a smart one, girl. Anyway, <laughs> that is funny. Uh, okay. Um, uh, or a pine. Oh, definitely not a pineapple, Youper. <laughs> definitely not a pineapple. Belushi, you have been to Austin, Texas. Girl, I don't believe you. Show me some pictures. Ah, just kidding. Hey, I could, no, Belushi, I could totally see you DJing at the, uh, at the dive bars down in Austin. Um, I would not see you on 6th Street. I mean, for all I know, you fit right in on 6th Street, Belushi, uh, with all of the rest of the top 20s and 40s. But that's because you have, what do you call it? You have an entire spectrum of spinning, I'm sure, when it comes to your DJ style. But I've heard what you spin before. And some of the stuff that you spin, I like. And I would most definitely dance to it, Belushi. If there was a foxhole meetup, 
And I'm not just blowing air up Belushi's tuchus, but if there was a foxhole meetup, I would probably dance to a Belushi set. Uh, anyways, Esther's Follies, girl, Skeeter Burke, you been there or what? That's the uh, the comedy comedy spot. Well, previous comedy spot down in Austin. I miss Austin, guys. I just do not like I I do not like San Antonio. Like I am so close to using the H word on San Antonio. People don't understand it. But that's because those people that don't understand it have lived in San Antonio their whole life. Anyways, okay. So uh, let's see <laughs> what else is going on here. Um, oh, you guys are getting me so uh, uh, distracted right now. We're already like, what? Oh, we're not an hour in yet. We're still good. I can't navigate through Pilled. Could they make it a little easier? Um, uh, maybe not just V. Maybe not. Um, I'm currently actually reading this chat on Pilled. I read my chats on Pills live with you guys, and I got my foxhole running also to make sure everything is going on. But any followers on Pills would be appreciated. But beware, because I'll follow back. Oh, youper, you girl, I will follow you girl. Like I, I tend to follow uh, people who come into chats. Uh, but most definitely, I'm just I'm glad to have you in the chat. I love it when we have new peeps dropping in. Uh, dropping into uh, Z chats, uh, and uh, it's always a great thing. Uh, controlling culture is very important indeed. Man, that was like an hour ago conversation, right, Aurelius? Um, uh, Carrie Lake. Well, welcome, Miss Carrie Lake. Good to see you again, my sweet. Uh, I don't know how to use Pilled either. There seems to be a lot of new stuff to learn too quickly. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, it's uh, here. Let me let me do this real quick. And I'm losing I'm going to lose my chat spot, but it's OK. If you enter this address. <laughs> Into your browser, pill.net slash pound sign slash profile slash 134807. That will take you directly to my personal Mr. C pilled page. And uh, and therein, oh God, guys, I'm going to do this right now. Look, we're going to do this real quick. I'm sure the, I'm sure the mats would appreciate this. Okay, so here's your pilled account, right? You're looking at mine. Okay, and there's all of this, you know, you go to pill.net, this is what you get. Now, uh, if you're looking for Mr. C right here, because right here, if you click this button, it should, if you can click the top posts, the hot posts, and the recent posts. Let's click on the recent posts. Now, you notice if you click on the recent posts, nothing changes. All right, so let's click on the top posts. You notice if you click on the hot posts, nothing changes. So basically, this is the way it's set. Now, if you're looking for Mr. C on the front page, you're not going to find it until you scroll down a little bit. I'm usually put down here at the bottom. This is where Mr. C is relegated to. Look, I'm look at I'm all the way down here, guys, and I'm live, right? Oh, but then again, so is singing pretty. So, anyways, so here's Mr. C right here. Look, you have to scroll all the way down. They bury me. I'm not buried on purpose, I'm sure, but for some reason, I'm buried. And so here I am, right here. Okay, but if you click on the Mr. C icon, it takes you to my Mr. C page. All right. So, oh, okay. <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Okay, so here is that spike. Look at, check this out, guys. 1,394 blue pills in one day, right? It, that looks a little bit intentional. It's okay, guys. I'm not this petty, but, you know, pilled and Nick Walls, you guys wanted to know about it. So I'm just sharing it with you guys. All right. So anyways, uh, since then, they've calmed down. Whoever this is, that's blue pilling me. Um 
anyways, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, so for just V, uh, uh, so for example, you see how you have this topic. We're live right now, and this is yesterday's show, and there's a red pill and a blue pill. <laughs> so if you just go click on the red pill, it doesn't count if I click on it, uh, then it gives me a red. So anyways, uh, some, some uh, a couple of crazy individuals who have several web browsers and a lot of pilled usernames dropped 1,300 pills on me. And it doesn't matter, guys, because that does not evaluate my worth. And I definitely don't see that as a personal reflection on my worth. I, it's very petty, but apparently it made them it made them feel like they would win some something. I guess you got to win some battle out there, right? Because you're losing the war. So I guess that made them feel better about themselves. I have never shared this with you guys, but you know this is actually a good promo for Pill.net. You know, guys, go to Pill.net, sign up, make your account, go to the Foxhole app, sign up, make your account. Look, you got the table of titans. You got Patriot News. They're 24-7. Rise Attire. They have some bomb ass uh, apparel. You know, uh, five by five. They've been there for a long time. Gina Ravon is live by right now. I'm, I'm going to start promoting other shows, right? Gina Ravon is live right now. Magical Trevor. If you want to see the meme of memes, go over to Magical Trevor. He's got all kinds of memes. Axe Truth, guys. This dude, he does some solid work. Funny as heck. Great perspective. He's going live uh, tonight at 8.15. Uh, well, it's already past 8.15. But anyways, Patriot News. Neo. Gotta bless Neo. She blesses you all with her presence and her great spirit. Going live there in the morning. Coffee Talk with Sandra. She's live. Red Pill Project. Three Beer Men. They're live right now. DD Style. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, smack. Three Beer Men and DD Style are live right now. We gotta go. See you later, Mr. C. Anyway, so yeah, there's a lot going on at pill.net. And of course, you know, they have great, uh, they have great memes. They, uh, you can get a lot of great information from this, uh, what do you call it, free speech platform that will not censor you, that will not deny you your freedom of expression. And at the same time, you get to be at home with a bunch of people who have the same the same thought process. Now, not, not that we'll always agree on things, but for this, we're all here and for the same fight anyway. So that's pill.net. I know you guys didn't need me to tell you about it over there at the Foxhole app, but hey, this was actually a pretty good opportunity opportunity to plug it so why not anyways okay all right guys getting back into things dug -a -dung, dug -a -dung. all right okay ladies and gentlemen at this point i'm afraid i'm gonna have to say that we're gonna have to get into the report i'm having such a good time with you right now okay <laughs> i kind of want to keep just reading the chat okay carrie lake yes comfy bunker is exactly where we're at right now here in the foxhole app and also at pill.net um, what did, what did, what did that say? You guys are just amazing right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me thank some, uh, gold pillars right now. Navy vet. Hey, welcome Navy vet. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, um, Q. Oh no, <laughs> I lost it. Where did it go? Come back, come back, come back. Navy vet and the gold pill. Dang it. You guys are moving way too fast for me. Carrie Lake, thank you for the can. Navy Vet, thank you for the gold pill. Um, and another one from Navy Vet with the cookie. Mr. C, if you need a spot and a bed to crash and can't afford a hotel, let me know. Navy Vet, are you in the Las Vegas area? Okay, well, there may be arrangements for that right now. The only thing I need to worry about right now is the cost of the plane ticket. That's all I'm, that's all, that's, that's the only thing. Well, we'll see, but we'll see. 
uh, and one, two, three, SKG, thank you for gifting the can. And uh, everyone, likewise, thank you so much. Okay, all right, guys. Okay, this is, oh, Youper Viking gifting a can. Thank you. Remember when we had five channels? Now it's like an old person spinning for their birthday. <laughs> Youper Viking. Youper Viking, you must be an OG because I do not, I, I came, I came into Foxhole app long about, long about, um, I don't know, maybe between 15 and 20 channels, somewhere in there. That's when I, I came into Foxhole app. I'm a late, I'm a late arriver guys. And, uh, but I've been totally blessed to be here. Um, and, and to be, to just, it feels like home with you guys. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Sonia JHC says, Axe Truth is a gem. Um, uh, you know what, you know, he is, he is certainly funny. I, I've, uh, I've lurked on his shows. I've gone on live with him once. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about asking if he would like to show up on a Mr. C in the dark show. But, you know, I'm just, I'm still learning my, my streamer etiquette and I just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to insult him or anything like that or think like I'm using him or something. So anyways, anyways, okay. Um, uh, you wouldn't expect something different. Would you, what are you, what are we talking about? What are we talking about in the chat room right now? What is going on with just V? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, all right, guys. Um, all right. Let us get into today's show. All right today's show uh like i said we will be talking uh well i'm just gonna touch a little bit on afghanistan don't 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 despise we'll touch a little bit on afghanistan but most definitely we got uh we have a uh interview with president trump he was live with greg kelly the other night actually it was yesterday uh he was on live um at 7 p.m central time we start here at 7 30 and so uh, we couldn't catch that live for a, uh, a a viewing party. I don't know if you guys know who Greg Kelly is. He's over there on News Mask. He dresses as sharp as I do. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, uh, his colors are not as, uh, as uh, you know, uh, lucid as mine are. But anyways, uh, he does good work, though. Greg Kelly's a straight shooter over there at, at News Mask. Um, but uh, for sure, we'll we'll take a listen to that. Um, we will touch. Well, we're doing a lot of headlines tonight, guys. We're doing a lot of news. News. We're getting away from uh, the whole Afghanistan broil. Um, but to be sure, you know uh, there are some things there. So, you know, and we may as well just break it down now. Maybe you guys just want to break it down now, or should we do Trump? Let's do Trump first. President Trump comes first. President Trump always leads here at the Sea Report. So let's go ahead and do that real quick. President Trump leading at the Sea Report. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. What do we have from Presidente Trump? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Where did my statements go? <laughs> okay, guys. Uno momento, por favore, because my statements have just disappeared. Uh, let me see here. Ta-ta, 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 ta-ta. All right. Here we go. Uh, okay, so not a whole lot of statements from President Trump coming out from yesterday. Uh, we did have a whole bunch of in-case-you-missed-it moments, right? Stunning polls reveal Trump would win election if held today as nearly 1 in 10 Democrats regret their 2020 vote. That is uh, according to a National Pulse poll. That is insane, guys. And you know what? That's what's going to happen. That is exactly what is going to happen. Because after all, um, 
it, you know, it's like these things did happen for a reason. Like when you kind of take a step back, you're like, dang, these things did happen for a reason. Like, do you know the left, the Democrats, the liberals, and we're not talking about classical liberals or Second Amendment liberals, right, WC? Like we're talking about the brainwashed progressive communist Marxist liberals of today, the left-leaning liberals, um, you know, it, it would take a lot for them to open their eyes to finally wake up. And yet now it is happening here because of the fact that um, the Biden administration is just doing so deplorably. <laughs> They're doing so terribly that uh, this is exactly what we're seeing happening now. Everything happens for a reason. This had to happen. Not only did President Trump take a step back from the elections to save America from a bloody revolution if he had done uh, a military takeover, and also to show America and the world exactly how these people have been stealing elections, everything from the local to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, the cyber cybernetic to the national and federal. Everything has been exposed. You know, everything from the uh, from the um, everything from the most basic level of, of of fraud and theft of an election to the most technical and most um, manipulative ways that that happened. And the reason why that happened, ladies and gentlemen, is because we, the American people, decided to do something about it. And, uh, and we did, and we have, and we continue to do so. And we should, we should feel blessed at this point that we are where we are. And we're not talking about where we are with the country with Afghanistan and Biden. We're talking about with the amount of stride that we have taken the uh, the uh, um, the uh, quickened cadence that American patriots have begun to stand up and fight and not take it anymore. You want to you want to talk about not taking it anymore? We're taking it to them right now. We are serving it to them right now, and and it seems like we are in a time and a place where we should be, because otherwise, how else are we going to see this cleaning out? of the swamp and you know granted this entire system yeah it needs to be totally overhauled you know uh, some people would say burn it to the ground and you know let new seeds uh, sprout from its ashes um but i i would say we're pretty much on that path you know we're not trying to save washington dc at this point um at this point it, it, it it's its fields are being plowed you know, and and uh, the seeds of what's to come are taking root, ladies and gentlemen. I would say that they've been taking root for a minute. Um, and we're only going to see, we're going to see the bounty of a crop that we have sown soon, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say soon, that doesn't mean in the next six weeks or the next six months, but soon, guys, like... Things will course correct. And it only took 250 years to do it. But maybe in this time around, we will actually be able to um, to to clench, to get the to get a, a true seal on that entire prospect that our founding fathers called liberty and true freedom for man as a race, not just as a nation not just as an, an ethnicity group, but as a race of humans. 
and then uh, to venture forth out into the world and spread that seed abroad. So yeah, that's an article. I did not get that information I just shared you about from that article. That was totally just coming through my head right now. Uh, another in case you missed it moment, Joe Biden's State Department halted a Trump-era crisis response plan aimed at avoiding Benghazi-style evacuations just months before Taliban takeover. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. I mean, between the mainstream media, the legacy media, the fake news media calling for Joe Biden's resignation and just pooping all over his poopy pants. Uh, it makes you wonder if this was not somehow arranged. I feel like the deep state and fake news legacy media and the uh, white hat shadow government just totally did a pincer move on Joe Biden and they don't even realize it, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, well, uh, you guys, we've already talked about all of the myriad of possibility with the Taliban, you know, like uh, even to this date, as of today, you know, they're still giving out reports. We'll talk about in a minute, but we won't go into it for too long in regards to what's happening in Afghanistan with these Talibans, right? In case you missed it, which hunt of Trump allies continues as Cy Vance goes out? after pardoned man. Okay, so this Cy Vance just needs to drop it. We all know that Cy Vance Jr. Uh, is going to retire in December. And he vowed that he would prosecute Donald Trump. And he failed miserably. And he is not stopping. So apparently Cy Vance over there in New York, he's the guy who was investigating the Trump businesses and tax returns and all that stuff. And nothing happened. And he ended up arresting some 70 year old man on some like trumped up, no pun intended charges. Uh, so he's still continuing to do that stuff over there. He's just hoping, hoping and praying something will stick to Teflon Don, but it's probably not going to happen because uh, it just won't. And finally, an actual statement from president Trump for today. First, you bring out all of the American citizens. Then you bring out all equipment then you bomb bases into smithereens, and then you bring out the military. You don't do it in reverse order like Biden and our woke generals did. No chaos, no death. They wouldn't even know we left. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We're just uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna spike more of those nails into the coffin of the illegitimate administration of Biden. Now you gotta you gotta you gotta admit, Biden's probably like, dang it, why couldn't this be a dictatorship? Because you know they wouldn't be able to hold me accountable for all of my screw ups. Too bad, Mr. Biden. Too bad, illegitimate Joe. You, you are ruling in a, a democratic republic, and at least on paper, we're still solid. But eventually, the people will stop it, stop you, and rise up. It's bound to happen, guys. So we had all of these comments from uh, President Trump in regard to Afghanistan. So let's just do a quick, 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 quick look into Afghanistan, because I kind of have the feeling unless something else develops out of Afghanistan, we won't be talking about it for too much more here at the Sea Report. But just to be sure, 
because there's, I mean, if you guys are looking at the headlines and, you know, guys, I, I don't tend to look at too many other shows that give you headline reports, right? Because it gets in your head, right? When you look at other shows and you're like, oh, they're reporting that and they're reporting that and oh, and then you start doing comparisons and all that stuff. I just don't do it. Like in order to retain, remain true to myself, I just don't look at other reports because I'm not in competition with other reports. I just do what I do, right? And, and by that, I mean, like, uh, you know, other other podcasts and, and stuff like that, that do headline type news. You know, I just give you my I give you my opinion and I give you my my assessment based on my, what is it called? What, what uh, uh, You guys told me what it was. Uh, anyways, so like just based on what I read in the headlines, and I, I pick out what I think is interesting to note. Right. Based on that. Um, so. So anyways. If you're looking at the if you're looking at the news headlines in the journals and on the online reports, because that's what I look at, right? That's who I go to to get my information. I, I don't look at other other people that do uh, live streams and, and podcasts. Uh, I, I used to listen to X twenty two religiously, ladies and gentlemen. I like Dave from X twenty two. You know, I haven't listened to him in months because not because I didn't I don't appreciate his perspective. But I used to listen to him to kind of keep up with things, right? And and then it got to a point, and I'm not, I'm just saying, guys, it got to a point where I was like, I reported that two days ago, Dave. Anyways, his perspective is still golden. I love how he still puts instills hope into people. Um, but I mean, but but for the sake of getting news to share with people, he was two days behind the stuff that I was doing. So I was just like, okay. I like you, Dave, but um, I need to just pay attention to the printed headlines because, you know, Gateway Pundit, Breitbart, The Epoch Times, a Western Journal, a National File, out outfits like that, Just the News, like they're they're up to the minute, you know, so that's that's where I got to That's where I have to dedicate my time to. Um, anyways, so if you're looking at any of those headlines, you're still going to see Breitbart, uh, you know, Gateway Pundit, especially they're like. The Taliban are killing people. The Taliban are murdering women. The Taliban shot people in a protest in Jalalabad. We talked about this yesterday, guys. Now, yesterday we talked about the Taliban shooting people in a protest in Jalalabad. Remember? Okay. Uh, and, and so there's a new headline at the Gateway Pundit today that's like, Taliban mow down protesters. And it was the same story. Okay. It was the same story. Um, the, we're getting stories recycled already. Even in even in our most revered, independent, patriotic America first headlines. Right. And I love these guys. Right. But I really don't think they're taking in perspective. Now, Breitbart had some other stories where they were talking about um, they're talking about the, the Taliban killing people and stuff like that. But I, I appreciate Breitbart for doing this. Breitbart said, reports say the Taliban viciously murdered, etc., etc. And then in the next line, it would say that was according to one story. Now, another story from a different source says the Taliban were killing people because they attacked the Taliban first. So... To be fair, Breitbart was reporting both stories, both perspectives. So I appreciated that because, again, you know, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm not painting the Taliban as, a, as you know, a patriotic American strike force, you know, that's there to take out uh, the globalists and, you know, other naysayers in that region. But... Uh, I mean, we're being told repeat stories. I mean, they were just, they were recycling stories already. 
and they are giving images and they're saying, according to this image, people were running in fear at the airport. And it's like the same image of people just standing there. You know, they don't even look scared. You know, there was that one image about the woman who was not going to wear a burqa. And so she got shot. That one I saw multiple times. And, you know, and, and that one you see blood. And the ch there's a child with blood on him and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I mean, you know, guys, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I just can't say. All I know is we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see what happens in that regard. So I just wanted to reassure you that the same three or four stories are being recirculated throughout. Now, Gateway Pundit was like, CNN says that. You know, uh, General Milley says that the Taliban are helping us. He's a fool. And, you know, I get it. I get it. General Milley is a fool. CNN are fools. So I get it. You know, um, you know, the British Secret Services are calling for Taliban to have support. Even Boris Johnson, that that stupid dote, you know, that 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 Dumbledore idiot over there in the United Kingdom who fooled everyone because apparently, you know, if you live in the United Kingdom, they can fool you if you have a Donald Trump lookalike. Like this was Donald Trump doofus is is who Boris Johnson was, right? They're like, if we get someone who remotely resembles Donald Trump and looks him, makes him look a little bit more like a doofus, the United Kingdom people will surely vote for him. And he will tell them that they're going to exit, uh, you know, the European Union. And then he will pull one on them. And, and that is exactly what Boris Johnson did. And even Boris Johnson is saying, let's give the Taliban a chance, which makes me feel a little bit icky inside. It makes me feel like I'm taking sides with the globalists. But I'm just looking at a pure perspective of history. And I don't want to call it on this. You know, I'm not going to get emotional over Afghanistan, even though I believe that we need to save the American citizens, even though I believe that most of those American citizens over there are working for the deep state. Okay. I believe that most of those American citizens over there are working for the globalists. There was a question that popped up in yesterday's chat, uh, and I believe it was from Skeeter Burke. Uh, Skeeter Burke said, no, 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 I take it back. It was not Skeeter Burke. I apologize. It was Tam Growl. And Tam Growl said, what exactly do contractors do and why so many? Good question, Tam Growl, because all of the Americans in Afghanistan who have been working over there since America installed their regime of globalist Western-backed individuals are contractors, okay? They are contractors for the United States government. And, and let's talk about what contractors do, okay? Contractors are the way that uh, government agencies can uh, claim a plausible deniability from the treason that they are instructing and hiring their contractors to do, okay? Because the people who work, and let's this goes back to Shadowgate, guys. Shadowgate, we did a watch party. We'll do it again if you didn't get it the first time. But Shadowgate showed us exactly how how all of these uh, governmental agencies and, you know, heads of state and heads of politics get away with all of the dirty work that they're doing, which is the treason against our country.
and that is by hiring contractors to do their work. So you get contractors to go in there and, you know, to hack into files, you know, or you get contractors to go in there and to kill someone because there's all kinds of contractors. You got mercenaries hired to kill contractors. You got you got cyber cybernetic contractors, people who can go into the computers and hack and do all that stuff. You got contractors that will are in the finance and banking who will make sure that they're doing the dirty work and pushing the buttons for the deep state and the shadow government. So this way, if it ever comes back down some sort of a congressional hearing, you can't blame the agency of uh, X, Y, or Z because it was a contractor that did it, not a government agency. And so therefore the fault is removed from the heads of state and the politicians and whomever that hired them to do it because they didn't do it. Technically, it was a contractor. It was a non-governmental worker. So you can't really blame it on them. And that's why, that's where this whole, sh the entire shadow government, like a, like a um, uh, uh, outfit, the machinery of it, the entire bit of it are contractors, okay? That's how they get away with it. You know, that's why, like, if you remember from Shadowgate, they were talking about they hired Canadian contractors to do janitorial work on, like, uh, election and other kind of information for the United States government. It's like, why are we selling, you know, why are we bidding on contractors who are from another country to do work for Americans with, you know, like, private and secret files? Like, why aren't we having American Americans do that. Why aren't we having agencies who should be hiring their employees to do that kind of work to do it? And as it turns out, if you're hired by a government at a federal position around Washington, D.C., and you're out there in the blue, you're probably just doing simple paper pushing. You're not doing the real work that the deep state wants you to do. So even though all, uh, maybe not all, a high percentage of the Americans who were left in Afghanistan are contractors who've probably been working for the globalists and the deep state since 2001. Yes, we should save them. But, you know, that brings up another point. Maybe the entire reason that Joe Biden and his administration are stranding them in Afghanistan is because they want these contractors who have been doing treasonous work with receipts and paper trails to be killed so they cannot whistleblow. Did you ever think about that? I didn't until right now. It just came to my mind. Maybe they abandoned all those contractor Americans in Afghanistan in the hopes that the Taliban will kill them because they will be cleaning up the dirty work for them. They will be the janitors for the deep state's treasonous actions. And they can just say, well, we don't got to worry about that whistleblower because the Taliban killed them because we left them there. It kind of makes you wonder exactly what the heck was going on in Afghanistan with this Western-backed government that the United States helped to install in the first place. If you got something like that going on, hmm, that's, a, that's something to think about, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I'm too off, I don't think I'm too far off on a limb by saying that but why else would they abandon those people over there without even so much as uh you know a, a second thought if they were not all contractors working for the globalist uh, regime and they need to uh, clean up their mess and they're going to let the Taliban do it for them it's just a thought ladies and gentlemen it's just a th thought that came to my mind. I don't know. You guys tell me what you think about that. I'd be interested to know. Anyways. Okay. So uh, where were we? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to wrap up Afghanistan. <laughs> Here we go again, right? 
No, no, no. I really wanted to share with you guys uh, this interview with uh, President Trump and Greg Kelly from a news mask. Um, this aired yesterday. It's it's not as long as the Hannity interview, but again, uh, we get at some more information here. Oh, no, you will not do that to me. Okay, so I could only find the full interview on Facebook. And you guys know that Facebook loathes me. They kicked me off the air. What is going on here? They kicked me off the air. Live on President oh, Donald oh, J. They're talking. Okay. Yes. All right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Sit, sit back a spell. Get your snacks and uh, and get your popcorn. We're going to hear this quick interview with President Trump and Greg Kelly because it is important to hear the words of our president. And I will see you most promptly on the other side. Hey, Trump. Welcome back, sir. And thank you for being with us. How are you? Well, thank you very much, Greg, and congratulations on your really successful show. Thank I'm you. not surprised. I've known you a long time, but I'll tell you, great uh, great job and great numbers and everything. Congratulations. Thank you very much, sir. So, listen, when you announced for president, you said that losses like this, like what we're seeing now, one of the reasons why you ran for president, but this is far bigger than anything I can remember. What are your thoughts this evening? Well, it's uh, inconceivable that anybody could be so incompetent, stupid, use any word you want to use, uh, to imagine that you take out your military before you take out your U.S. citizens and uh, civilians and others that maybe helped us uh, to even think of that is not, it's not something that can be believed. So we leave and we have all our people. Now we're sending soldiers back to get our people out. And you're going to find a very tough opponent. I mean, these are great fighters. They've been fighting for 2,000 years. That's what they do is they fight. You do other things, Greg, okay? You know, going to a Broadway show, you like doing other things. They fight. That's all they do. And we send our soldiers back. I think our soldiers are in danger. But it's uh, it's there's never been anything so poorly Handled. We used to talk about the southern border. There's, you know, we had the southern border, the best it's ever been. Now it's the worst it's ever been. But this is blowing it away. So, Mr. President, I want to show you a picture. Um, I'm actually showing the viewers a picture right now of uh, Joe Biden alone at that conference table in Camp David. There's something um, almost sad about this picture. Look, you know the setup at Camp David. You know what it's like, obviously, to be commander in chief. This does not seem like an appropriate uh, way to handle a crisis in the middle of it. He's alone. Just tell us a little bit about the setup that he has there. Is this inadequate? It looks that way to me. So it's a big boardroom, and it's uh, an incredible room, as Camp David is incredible. It's just an unbelievable place. And it's not a room you sit in alone. It's a room that's meant to have many people. As you see, there are many chairs. And to be sitting there by yourself alone is unusual. I think it was just a set-up picture to try and show that he's working. And he's not working. And more importantly than not working, the, what their, their thought process is wrong, the whole group of them. They don't know what they're doing. And whether you think in terms of Dunkirk or whether you think in terms of so many other bad thoughts, uh, you know, we have thousands of potential hostages sitting there our military left, and now we're trying to get our military back there. And you know what we were doing, and I think you know this very well, we had it set up really well. I spoke with the heads of the Taliban. 
I had very, very tough conversations. They knew they'd be held to pay if anything happened like this. And by the way, who could even think this a thing like this could happen? But they knew they'd be held to pay, and it would right, it would start right at their village where they all lived, where they lived very happily. And uh, we had it, we had this worked out. It was going to be great. But the last thing that was coming out was our military, and we were going to take all the civilians. Second was going to be all of our equipment. We're taking it back. We don't want to. They they now have Blackhawks. They have army tanks that are the best in the world. Well, they're going to be used by Russia to analyze them so they can be copied, and China so they can be copied. Guaranteed, they'll be sent all over to enemies to, you know, so they can make cheaper versions of them, and they'll be they'll be copied. It's it's disgraceful. So all of the equipment was coming out. I remember one of the generals telling me, one of the generals that's on television a lot that I see right now saying, sir, it's cheaper to leave it. I said, if you think that general, then you're incompetent. You know, millions of dollars for tanks and millions of dollars for Humvees that are armor-plated, and now they have the Taliban flag on it. It's a horrible thing. But all this stuff was going to come out, and then I probably would have bombed the forts. I would have bombed them too, so that... Whoever it is going to occupy them, they're going to be sitting on rubble. Well, and that those... was our plan, and it would have been very successful. But uh, unfortunately, they didn't do it that way. This is something that's been a priority for you. You know, you had this negotiated agreement with the Taliban. It did not mention weapons destruction, but that has been something on your radar for a long time. In fact, the day you declared for president, you spoke about our weapons left in Iraq. I want you to listen to this, please. And every time we give Iraq equipment, the first time a bullet goes off in the air, they leave it. Last week I read 2,300 Humvees. These are big vehicles were left behind for the enemy. 2,000, you would say maybe two, maybe four, 2,300 sophisticated vehicles they ran and the enemy took them. And essentially the same thing is happening right now. I want to show you that picture that we all saw with the hundreds of people on that big cargo jet. I think it's a C-17. Uh, right. All kinds of people jammed in there. Now, you pointed out you would actually prefer to see Americans uh, on that plane. What was your plan yeah. for those who did help us, the interpreters, those who worked on the base? What was going to happen to those people in a Trump administration? Well, we would take care of them. We would try. But it's a very big problem because we have so many of them. I mean, we're not making guarantees to people. If you look, I want to get the America. Look, I'm America first. OK, and so are you. I want America first, meaning Americans come out first. But, you know, we paid them a lot of money. You know, everyone's giving them credit for being brave and all of the things. Well, we were paying them a lot of money, just like we were paying the soldiers. You know, the Afghans, a lot of money to be soldiers among the highest paid soldiers in the world. And I remember Mattis used to come and say to me, sir, they're fighting for their country. And I kept thinking, I wonder why they're doing that, because, you know, they're fighting their own people. I said, well, that's good. And then I started thinking about it, and I said to somebody, go out and find for me, how much are we paying for them? And it's billions of dollars a year paid for by the United States taxpayer. Now, once we stop paying them, once we said we're leaving, it stops paying, they quit. They left. So they weren't really fighting for their country. And I've been saying that for a long time. And I also said 
that Karzai, I said that your your head person is a crook. And he dealt with the United States Senate, and that was his his greatest strength was the U.S. Congress. And the senators and congressmen, he had relationships, and every time I'd do something, I'd get calls from everybody. Oh, we have to... He was bad news, Ghani. Uh, he was bad news, this guy. He was uh, I, he was a con man, and now I guess they just caught him leaving with a lot of money. But I said, he is not a leader. I said, he will be out. Before the last soldiers are out, he will leave. And that's exactly what happened. I called it all the way. I had statements put out, I think five or six years ago, that as soon as we leave, they'll stop fighting. That's why I wanted to take all the equipment, because I knew that the enemy would grab the equipment. And that's exactly what they did. They grabbed the greatest equipment that they grabbed, the greatest stuff anywhere in the world. And now they'll be giving it to other nations so they can cheaply copy it. It's horrible. At the Pentagon this afternoon, I saw General Milley and Secretary Austin. And I want to ask you about General Milley. Of course, I was taken aback big time when he apologized for that walk across the street with you. The apology seems to be very inappropriate. Now I'm reading some of these books from uh, some journalists down there in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of problems in these books. But one thing that comes through, General Milley may have been actively working to sabotage your administration. Uh, It comes through, and he was not working uh, very well. He may have been colluding with the Democrats. Did you have that sense? So he was recommended by people that I didn't think much of. And he was uh, also recommended by a couple of people and, you know, that I thought were just absolutely terrible. And uh, I decided, you know, and Mattis, I call him the world's most overrated general. Mattis hated him, hated him. I figured based on the fact that I thought Mattis, I thought very little of Mattis. We did a great job without Mattis. Once I got rid of Mattis, we took over. We knocked out ISIS and everything else. I said, if he hates really that much, maybe the guy will be all right. That's the one that a lot of people were recommending. But a lot of people didn't like him at the time. And I found him to be very average or less than average. I will say this. When he walked with the president of the United States to a church that had been burned down almost, if they didn't have the fireproofing, which was just put up. It was literally so amazing because that church was built at the same time as the White House. They went up together. And when he went and took that walk, and then he apologized because the radical left started getting on him, I realized I had a loser, and I paid very little respect to him. He wasn't very good. So I I am not a fan of his. Uh, I realized somewhere... during the period and he was highly recommended by not highly he was recommended uh, sort of the next guy in there uh, but in retrospect i would not have made that decision again and look at what he's done he took the military out before he got the civilians out of before he got u.s citizens out so that would show gross incompetence and i don't know your secretary of defense but certainly based on what we're seeing right here this is the single greatest embarrassment in my opinion, militarily and otherwise, psychologically, certainly, 
Uh, this is the single greatest embarrassment I've ever seen. You know what's ever. amazing? I don't think we've ever had a greater embarrassment in our country's history. I can't think of anything. I really can't. I mean, the the, the, the fiasco in the desert when we try to get the hostages was bad, but uh, this uh, this tops that. The media well, they potentially, Greg, if you think about it, they potentially have 40,000 hostages. You know, with Jimmy Carter, it was a small number. Uh, that was a terrible thing, but that was a small number of people. They have, you know, I've heard numbers as high as 40,000, maybe 10,000, but I've heard numbers as high as 40,000. And that doesn't include Afghans that helped us, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll have to see what happens. Now, I know the leadership because, you know, I got criticized because they said, he shouldn't be speaking to the head of Taliban. Well, who am I going to speak to? That's the right guy. And I let him know, don't do this, don't do that. I got Abdul. I said, uh, how are we doing, Abdul? We had a very good conversation, but I let him know very strongly what would happen. This would have never happened if the election wasn't rigged. And there are consequences to a rigged election. This would have never happened. The southern border was the strongest it ever was, and now it's the worst. I mean... People are pouring in, including people from the Middle East. They're pouring in. Prisons are being emptied from other countries and being dumped into the United States. And it was a rigged election that caused this problem. Let me ask you this. As I read these books about your presidency, and a lot of them are full of lies and full of omissions, yeah. uh, but a couple of things come through. The deep state seem to be working against you very much so in the entire media so. establishment. I would say so, yes. <laughs> do you think they do you think they purposely slowed uh research on therapeutics or approving therapeutics and the vaccine uh to delay it until after the election? Well, I can tell you this, nobody treated the FDA rougher than I did. I'm very proud of the vaccine. I've taken it, you're probably probably taking it, but I'm very proud of it. I think we could have another situation with the Spanish flu, 1917, where up to 100 million people were killed. So I'm very proud of it. Uh, when it came out, it was right after the election. And when it came out, it was a tremendous story. Oh, the, and they said I would have won the election. Well, I won the election anyway, Greg, by a lot. But they said I would have won the election. But I think what would have happened if it actually did come out a few days before the election, the media, the fake news, would have played it down. It would have been a small story. And everybody knew it was right there. We knew it. You know, one of the things I did, not only the vaccine, but I bought billions of dollars worth of it, because otherwise we would, it would have taken November, December. We wouldn't have any shots yet. And what I did is before we knew it worked, we had good signals. But before, I bought billions and billions of dollars of the vaccine. And that's why we've been taking it for a long time now. And without that, we really would have a big, a big problem. And, and I do believe people have to have their freedoms and all of that. But, you know, I'd love to see him take the vaccine. I think Biden's hurt it very badly because they don't trust him. A lot of people do not trust him. When he said pause on Johnson and Johnson, yeah. people don't view Johnson and Johnson. They say the vaccine. And I think that scared a lot of people. You know, it's wild right now, Mr. President, you are off social media the Taliban is on social media. Yeah. They have a valid, active Twitter account. These horrible, yeah. hateful people who gave yeah. solace and refuge to Al-Qaeda, and you are not on, on social media. It is Well, uh, I have Save America, and we put it out, and we're doing great with it, and people are picking it up, and uh, people hear my voice. That's why I'm speaking to you, and you're a very important 
source, I will tell you that you are a very important voice in this country, and you've done an incredible job. I'm just, you know, because I knew you when, when you were local Channel 5, right? Local Channel 5. I watched you in the morning with Rosanna. <laughs> but you've done a great job. And, you know, being on, you know, speaking to you now, it's a lot of people. Uh, speaking to other shows that do a very good job uh, is people. We have, we have a big voice. But to Save America, we issue releases, and it's under Save America, and they get picked up. But it's it's disgraceful when you think that you have killers and uh, muggers and dictators and uh, horrible some horrible uh, dictators and countries and they're all on. But the president of the United States, who had hundreds of millions of people, by the way, he gets taken off. And as you know, we're you know we have a major lawsuit going. We filed it in Florida, and I think it's going to be very successful. Mr. President, I want to play you something. I want to play you something from about 40 years ago, an interview you did with Rona Barrett back when you lived, I think, at 801 uh, Fifth Avenue or so. Uh, Let's go ahead and roll it, please. For some people, the ultimate goal in life uh, has been becoming the president of the United States. Would you like to be the president of the United States? I really don't believe I would, Rona, but I would like to see somebody as the president who could do the job, and there are very capable people in this country. And you go on to say, you go on to say that uh, it's a mean life and ultimately uh, the voters go with somebody with a big smile and not much of a brain. (laughs) And it occurred to me that you might have been talking about Jimmy Carter, big smile. And you know what? Joe Biden, you're ahead of the curve because, um, well, he does have that big smile. And I know that you're not too impressed with his uh, intellectual ability. Well, he was never known as a genius. He was never known as a particularly smart person. But now it's not prime time for him. And we need prime time. You know, President Xi, who I know, uh, head of China, if you look at Putin, if you look at Kim Jong-un, look what happened. Nothing happened in North Korea. It was supposed to end up in a war. We would have had a war in North Korea under President, frankly, Obama slash Biden. Uh, when I met with President Obama, he said it's the single biggest problem we have, North Korea. I have a great relationship with him. We didn't have a war, and that would have been a nuclear nightmare. So it would have been a bad one. But I got along great with him and got along great with others. But at the same time, we took in billions and billions of dollars from China. I stopped the Russian pipeline, which is the biggest thing they had in Nothing even close, and I stopped it, and then Biden allowed it to go through. Nobody's been tougher on Russia, and yet I got along great with Putin. I got along great with him. It's a smart thing. You know, getting along is a good thing, especially when you look at the kind of weaponry we all have. Getting along is a great thing. But I stopped the pipeline, and he started it, and there can be nothing tougher than that. I mean, what I've done with Russia, what I did with China, I got along now with China. Once the China virus came out, once COVID came out, you know, I viewed the whole thing differently, to be honest. But we made an incredible trade deal. That's why our farmers are doing so well and manufacturers because of the China deal I made, the China trade deal. But I don't talk about it because once COVID came out, uh, you know, I felt a lot differently about the trade deal with China. You understand. Sure. Finally, Mr. President, I do believe the world would be a very different place if you were still in office. And uh, because Joe Biden is not going to and he's not qualified, he doesn't have the experience to make phone calls like you did to Mullah Abdul Baradar, I think his name is. And you summarized this a couple of weeks ago in Phoenix. 
I started off the conversation. I said, Mohammed, how are you? President Trump. Not a lot of social grace, but you know, that was a nice, he was being nice. I think he was being as nice as he could be, Andy. But they're rough, you know, he's a rough, that's all they do is fight. But I said, we're gonna come back and hit you harder than any country has ever been hit. And your village where I know you are and where you have everybody, that's gonna be the point at which the first bombs drop. I told him, I told him. Mr. President, I think only you. And um, that's a fantastic thing, quite frankly. I don't think anybody could work, pick up the phone himself and communicate as effectively for America as you did in that phone call. Well, I had an understanding with President Xi of China also having to do with Taiwan. I said, do not let it happen. Do not. And it wasn't going to happen. As soon as they had this rigged election and the results came out, uh, now you have bombers flying over Taiwan, a lot of them, a lot of them. And something could very well happen there, which would never have happened. And you look at inflation, take a look at a different look at what's going on with inflation. Look at what's going on with these bills are going to drive this country out of business. What's happening is so terrible. Gasoline was at $1.87 a gallon, and now it's going to soon be over $5, and we're no longer energy independent. I was so proud of energy independence. Well, first time, in, I think, in the country's history that we were in energy. Some people say 80 years, but I think in the country's history, we're totally energy independent, and now we aren't anymore. And he's going to see, he's going to see OPEC to see if they could get more oil to the United States. Can you believe this? And we had so much. I filled up the strategic reserves with very inexpensive oil. It's which were, by the way, close to empty. So it's a very sad thing. I mean, I could go on forever. Sure. I could tell you all of these different things that we did. But it's uh, very sad when I see what's happening in Afghanistan, what's happening on the border, what's happening with inflation. Uh, it's a very much different country than it was eight months ago. You're going to be at the rally in Alabama on Saturday night. Newsmax will be covering it as we good. say good night, sir. Thoughts on 2024 and you. What are what are you thinking right now? So, look, I love this country. I hate what's happening to it. I hate it. And we're not going to have a country anymore if it keeps going like this. We, we're a laughing stock all over the world. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to be very happy. Mr. President, President Donald Trump, thank you so much for joining us here. And to be continued, Thank sir. you very much, Greg. Thank right. you. You take care. Thank you. All right. Excellent interview. Uh, what is this? What is Facebook trying to show me? Uh, they're like, Mr. C watches. I don't watch Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, excellent interview by uh, Greg Kelly of Newsmask with our president, President Trump. Uh, you know, a lot to think about there. A lot to think about um, or not, you know, um, I, I just, you know, I find it so interesting whenever Greg Kelly played that clip of him from July 24th at the, uh, at the um, Arizona event, right? Why do you figure that uh, President Trump was talking about the Taliban on July 24th, nearly a month to today? 
Like we're five days shy of the 24th here right now. And he's giving you the narrative of how he approached the Taliban to make peace deals. <laughs> he said the Taliban uh, representative responded to him. That that's They fight, they fight, he says. Interesting, guys, right? Isn't that not interesting that they were talking about President Trump's interactions with the Taliban and how that went down a month before this crap happened right now? Very interesting, if you ask me. Very interesting. Very, very much so something to think about, I think, um, in the grand scheme of things. And, um, you know, and then, and, and then again, I have to say this also, kind of monitoring the chats. Hey there, speak uneasy. How you doing today? Everyone's still hanging out and stuff. Uh, this this whole issue with the vaccine thing, you know, like I get it, guys. Like we're we're so awake and aware and keyed into what this VASC has done that it is apoplectic to us. It's 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 just crazy to us to think that the president, the president Donald Trump, could keep on pushing the vaccine. Like what? Like if a layman like Mr. C understands and does a whole show on mRNA gene therapy sessions and knows that this vaccine is in fact deadly to everybody, how can President Trump not know that same information? How can he not know that it will force your body to recreate the spike proteins that are COVID-19 so that you are then constantly creating COVID-19? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before and I'll say it again, and perhaps this will be the last time that I say it, you know, but the mRNA vaccine, totally different from what President Trump had through Johnson and Johnson. And if you guys remember, Johnson and Johnson actually had their supply chain cut off. They were stopped. We cannot have Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one that President Trump was pushing, put onto the market anymore, right? And uh, I don't remember who said it in the chat, but someone mentioned, maybe it was Deborah Erdman, um, who said, did you, ever, you guys ever think that maybe the ones that President Trump had produced were clean, and then after he got out, they gave you dirty vaccines? Could be the case. But perhaps you'll also remember the story about the Johnson and Johnson pharmaceutical vaccine factory where they were getting all these marks because they were unsanitary. People were not washing their hands. People were not uh, doing proper, they were not doing proper procedures with keeping all of the ingredients safe and secure and from being kept from being uh, dirtied and stuff like that. Like that was happening in Johnson and Johnson's factory. So who knows that maybe that, that, that did not happen on purpose, you know? And again, Aside from those facts that I just stated right there in regards to the vaccine that President Trump actually pushed, which was Johnson & Johnson, which got taken off the market and was also known to have had, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, a, a dirty facility. I'm not, I'm not uh, choosing the right word there. It's not uh, contaminated. It was, it was not decontaminated. It was not uncontaminated. They were not following proper procedures at that facility. There was a whole article about it that came out. Aside from that, ladies and gentlemen, you know for a fact that if President Trump had gone full woke, and you know I do not like the word woke, like President Trump says woke equals losers, I feel the same way, you know, and that's just because the liberals use that. So, you know, I just don't, I mean, I guess you just had to have known about that 
far beforehand before you took the mantle. But like, you know, if President Trump had gone all the way with this, the coronavirus is fake. The uh, vaccines are not necessary. Uh, this is a sham pandemic. You know what would have happened with President Trump, right? Okay. The entire world, not just the United States of America. And I'm just going to give this to you guys as a perspective and you can take it as you will. But I, I mean, I, I just, I feel like we as a community who know these things need to understand that, yes, the vaccine is a political move. It's something he has to say. So we don't have to say, God dang it, President Trump, why you got to bring up those vaccines again? Jesus Christ, if I understand it, President Trump, why don't you? And then be like, oh, maybe I'm going to black pill on you, President Trump, because you keep pushing the vaccines. Like, this was way more heated a few months ago than it is right now. I think that a lot of people have kind of just let off the entire vaccine and Trump thing. But if President Trump had gone out and had told the world, because at this point it's a worldwide pandemic, right? It's not just sequestered to the shores of America, that the coronavirus was fake and that we don't need vaccines, right? If he had done that when the entire world was quivering at the fear of this coronavirus, you know they would have damned President Trump and they would have 25th Amendment his ass right then and there. They would have said, this guy is senile. He's off his rocker. He's tinfoil hat. He is, he's woo-woo, whatever. You know, they would have, they would have totally condemned him if he had said any of that and gone against the vaccine. The vaccine was a political move that he made to ensure that he could stay in and protect us as much as he could. And at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, I truly believe that his Johnson & Johnson, even though later on it came out that it had what, uh, it was causing blood clots because it still had the spike protein in it, at least it was not causing the bodies of those who were injected to create the spike protein. Therein is the difference between your Moderna and your Pfizer versus your AstraZeneca and your Johnson & Johnson. Your RMNA gene therapy sessions via, you know, the Moderna and the Pfizer cause your bodies to create the coronavirus spike protein. It literally goes into your cells and gives it instructions on how to make it so that you individuals who have taken the Moderna and Pfizer now become COVID-19 factories, right? These are where all the variants are coming from, okay? This is where everyone is dying from, and this is why we're having breakthrough, uh, breakthrough, uh, you know, uh, um, breakthrough uh, sickness, because they're fully vaccinated, but they're still getting the virus. It's because your body is making the virus. It's made you more susceptible to it, and it's also weakened your immune system. Now, AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson had the spike protein in it, and that was causing blood clots, right? Okay, so different. Those are two, those are two different types of injections, okay? Trump gave you the Johnson & Johnson, which was later taken off of the market because their facilities were contaminated because they were not doing the proper standard operating procedures in creating those vaccines. Was that done on purpose? Maybe. You know, maybe it was a safe uh, a vaccine 
prior to all of that happening. But we saw it come off the market, right? We saw it come off the market. That was a stealth move on the part of whomever was behind that, whether it were the pharmaceutical companies or whether that was the globalist deep state politicians who wanted to ensure that the, the other people would be afraid to take Johnson & Johnson so they would take the other ones and they would either die or they would become COVID machines, okay? But if President Trump had not done that, and, and indeed now, because COVID is still the topic of discussion amongst the world leaders and the people of the world and everyone else, he still has to say what he is saying, okay? He still has to say if, what he is saying. If he were to be in a second administration and all of this were to have blown over, that might be different, you know? And I'm sure that they would have to finagle and narrate a story that way. But I'm sorry, patriots. Even we have to feel that political liar. And a liar, I mean like the, the, you know, the musical instrument, but it's also a lie. It's a political lie because that's the only way he's going to stay in the game without being demonized by other world leaders who are vicious, who are bloodthirsty and who want him out of the game. And they would have used COVID against him if he had gone against it. And he made those vaccines to ensure uh, he did ahead of time because otherwise he moved their timeline up, guys. This is all strategy. And he can't, he can't come on Greg Kelly's show. He can't go on Sean Hannity's show. He can't come on Mr. C and say, well, I only did it to move my agenda forward because it's all political and otherwise they would have taken me down. He can't do that. He cannot do that. You know, there's no way. Like, we're privileged to know. We're privileged to know enough to resist the vaccine, we as a community. We are privileged to know enough and to recognize the dangers of the vaccine and the falsity of COVID. We're privileged enough just to know that, ladies and gentlemen. We should feel good and blessed that we know that. And absolutely, if we know it, he knows it, you know, but he has to play the game, all right? And, and we don't always want to be liars and we, we always want to be forthright and tell the truth. But they would have taken him out if he had said anything contrary wise. And I think that's the last time I'm going to talk about this topic um, as far as Trump and the vaccine. And, and you guys should just know whenever Trump talks about the vaccine, he's not talking to you. He's talking to the people who are asleep. He's talking to the other politicians who are treasonous bastards. He's talking to the world globalist leaders who are, de he's defying. When he talks about how he did such a good job getting that vaccine out there with the warp speed operation and everything else, he's not talking to me. He's not talking to you who's in this audience. He's not talking to the millions of awake patriots. He's talking to the people who are asleep and who are beholden to the narrative of the mainstream media legacy lies that they hear every day. And they just go, ha, he didn't do nothing about that vaccine. But he's not talking to us. He's not talking to us. That message is not for us. So it should not make you upset. It should not make you say, I wish he doesn't talk about the vaccine. Because that's the only thing I hate President Trump on. Bullshit. Sorry, guys. This is a family program. But I'm just, I'm done with that. Because this man has done so much more for us than any living president or president in my lifetime. That I just don't understand how we don't understand that. 
And that's basically where I leave off on that thought. So anyways, guys, let's go ahead and get into today's news because we got to move along, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, we'll be running a little bit late tonight, but that's perfectly okay with me if it's perfectly okay with you guys. <laughs> All right, we're going over to the state of Georgia. What is going on in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen? What is going on? Okay, so we got a couple of uh, a couple of items coming out of the state of Georgia. Now, um, the 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 remainder of the stories until I say when will be focusing on elections. Okay, so we're going to talk about elections again. Some will be about election odds. Some will be about election fraud. Some will be about other kinds of elections that are going on, like recall elections. Okay, so we got all of this in our scope right now. But let's talk about the state of Georgia because a lot of stuff is going on over there and what we're finding to be the biggest thing at least here at the news desk of the sea report is that secretary of snakes brad raffensperger is doing everything that he can in his possibility to cover his tukus because he absolutely fouled up everything and he showed his teeth when he shouldn't have he showed his true face he pantsed himself he he dropped trow uh, whenever he uh, decided to go ahead and, um, you know, certify a totally fraudulent election back in November of 2020. Now, so what is what has old Raffensperger been up to since then? Well, basically what Raffensperger is trying to do is he's trying to take in the entire responsibility of the county of Fulton. He wants to go in there and, and he wants the state to take over what has been happening in Fulton County. Um, and and it's 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 getting into a point to where it's like, well, why would he want to do that? Well, basically, it's because he's trying to cover himself. OK, now what we see here in a headline is that the Georgia Election Board has taken its first steps to taking over Fulton County. So in Fulton County, as you guys remember, there's so much fraud. You know, we got uh, Wandrea Moss. We got Ruby Freeman. We got Ralph Jones, all of them double stuff and ballots. You know, we got fake uh, pipelines busted. Water mains busting. We have a uh, we have a we have a, a Mr. Favorito who's been in there with Voter GA who's been in litigation to get uh, you know samples of the ballots so they can inspect them and do an audit of them. We've had that whole litigation battle happening there. Okay. And then, you know, as it comes out, you know, Garland Favorito does this whole press conference where he shows this possible fraud. Now, fraud is fraud by any means, in my opinion, when it comes to elections. But of course, you have to show intent. So did they do it on purpose? Did they intentionally put on the batch paper that there was 100 for Joe Biden and zero for Trump, when in fact, when they inspected the ballot images, it showed that it was probably like half of that, to be honest. You know, so a lot of fraud coming out of Georgia and a lot of mismanagement. Now, you guys also remember when they had the whole uh, uh, debacle going on at the State Farm Arena on election night, and uh, all the what the uh, the uh, sequential, the uh, uh, five or six nights that happened afterwards, where they're counting ballots, and you know it's five days after election day, and we're still counting ballots in Fulton County. You know we had we had um, we had uh, Happy Faces again. That's a uh, that's a temp agency owned by Stacey Abrams, who seems to staff 
every agency in the Georgia state uh, government, right? Okay, we had them on the ground, and uh, we had uh, this Sterling character who was giving uh, telenews prompt uh, uh, reports that say nothing's going on here at the State Farm Arena. Everything is fine. Move on, move on, move on, right? Okay, all of these bad guys who came from the same agency that uh, hires Democrats to be Republicans over in the state of Georgia. Okay, it's, uh, oh, it sounds so fishy, don't it? Right, it sh certainly does. So, with that in mind, guys, whenever um, uh, Brad Raffensperger's lawyer, Brad Raffensperger's lawyer, whose name is Ryan Germany, sent in his stooge to take notes, right, to be a neurotic note taker on exactly how the Fulton County election uh, was going, right? Uh, we found out everything. We found out a chain of custody was not happening. We found out that people wanted to uh, mess stuff up. We found out people that were very apathetic. We found out that they were double stuffing ballots. It's in his notes, guys. We covered here on the C Report. We covered it here on the C Report. Okay, so all of that stuff is going down in Georgia, right? In Fulton County. And now Georgia's election board has moved toward an eventual takeover of the elections in the state's most populous county, okay? The board's unanimous vote was made possible by provisions in the state's sweeping new voting law passed this year earlier. The vote authorized a bipartisan three-person panel to investigate Fulton County's home to Atlanta and a deeply blue base of voters. Okay, so this reeks, guys, because what... Basically, what it sounds like is Brad Raffensperger is trying to get a cleaning crew to go into Fulton County and not only inspect everything that was going on, but probably find a way to lie about it. OK, and it gets a little bit deeper from here because what, we're, what you know, like what Garland Favorito and Voter GA were trying to do is get a forensic audit of the ballots, the uh, the absentee ballots. Right. They wanted to get a forensic audit of those. They wanted to do a, a type of audit that was not done before. They wanted to go through all of them. They've already faced a lot of pushback on that. But now what we're seeing, and you know, it kind of goes back to Vernon Jones. You remember Vernon Jones, right? Everyone remembers Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones, who's running for governor, is calling for a forensic audit also. He's calling uh, Brian Kemp to task, 100%. But where I do not agree with Vernon Jones in this regard is Vernon Jones wants the Georgia Bureau of Investigations to perform this audit, which is no Vernon don't do it, Vernon, because the Georgia Bureau of Investigations will probably be staffed by happy faces. You know, they probably already sold out, bought out there. They will probably obfuscate and they will probably bury and they'll probably just like, you know, bottleneck the investigation as much as they can. We cannot depend on a body of federal agents to do any type of investigation into state elections, period, period. You know, we cannot do that. It has to be homegrown in the state. Now, the um, the idea that would be most uh, uh, fruitful to pursue a forensic audit in the state of Georgia would be to take all of the evidence to a grand jury. Um, um, that is less having an actual forensic audit by the cyber ninjas, you know, a la, you know, like Arizona Maricopa County style. 
If you're not doing it that way, you need to take all your evidence to a grand jury, all right? A jury of the peers, a jury of the people, not federal investigators, not law enforcement, not, uh, not EAC certified machine certification people who somehow uh, moonlight as uh, uh, election audit certifiers. No, none of that. It has to be a jury of the peers. It has to be a grand jury, okay? That's the only way that you can get a real honest opinion from the people and not from bought out, sold out, corrupt federal agents or state employees. Okay. So that's where we're at in that regard. And we had that. Can we, can we, can we, can we, come, come on screen anyways. Okay. So oh, oh, we're going to skip on over that one because we're short on time. All right. Let's get this loser Raffensperger on the screen. Now, Republicans, including Brad Raffensperger, um, have urged the board to take the action. They want this electoral board to come into existence, to take over Fulton County, right? And and to me, it's just to, you know, whitewash, to clean over all of the sins of the Secretary of Snake that have come out into the light. Clearly, they're out in the light. Clearly, everyone can see it, right? Um, if the investigation panel confirms irregularities, the election board would replace the county board of registration and election officials with its own administrator. Okay, so it gets a little bit juicier than that, ladies and gentlemen, because the Georgia election board voted to launch a bipartisan probe into Fulton County. So they went ahead and they moved forward with this. Now, the Georgia State Election Board voted yesterday to appoint a bipartisan panel to probe the management of elections in Fulton County. So they're not going to do an audit. So we don't got to worry about that, right? You know, they're not going to do an audit because, you know, if they did an audit, it'd be another sham audit. It'd be a fraud it by true nature of the word. But they're going to investigate the management. What happened at the State Farm Arena on Election Day? plus five, 2020, you know, that's what they're going to do now. So they're convening this group together. They're convening this board together in the state of Georgia to investigate the management of Ralph Jones, who has since resigned, right? And he is now being subpoenaed to appear in court, right? Because this man, we all saw in the film. And in fact, little Bradley right there, you see little Bradley, little Bradley, Little Bradley even had his his lawyer send in uh, send in someone to take notes. I mentioned it already. You guys know about it already. They had a note taker on the ground by the name of what was the fool's name? His name was um, where are you at, boy? I know I have his name here somewhere. His name was Carter Jones. Okay. So Brad Raffensperger's lawyer, Ryan Germany, hired Carter Jones to take extensive notes about everything that was happening at the State Farm Arena and around everything involving elections during election day plus five or six in Fulton County. Okay. So they're going to convene. So, so basically, what I'm trying to say here is they're convening this board to investigate the management when they already had notes on the ground. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, Carter Jones was in contact with both Brad Raffensperger and his attorney, Ryan Germany, to the minute 
on what was going down in Fulton County at the State Farm Arena. So why does Brad Raffensperger need to convene a panel of investigators when he already knows what happened? Brad Raffensperger knows what happened. He had a man on the ground that was reporting to him in real time. And he lied to President Trump when Trump had that phone call with him and was like, Bradley, Bradley, uh, we have Wanda Moss on, on Ruby Freeman on film, Bradley. And, and, and Bradley's like, uh, that's, that's not That's not accurate footage, President Trump. And he's like, Bradley, he's like, uh, we have these numbers here, Bradley that show that there's a lot of fraud. And he's like, those are wrong numbers, President Trump. You know, okay, so Brad Raffensperger knew this little this little pipsqueak pinweasel, like uh, the Democrat in disguise, already knew everything that was happening in Georgia at the time it happened, okay? But now he wants to convene a board of investigators to find out exactly how Ralph Jones mismanaged the Fulton County State Arena Election Day plus six event, okay? Now, this is only to cover his ass, ladies and gentlemen. This is the only reason why Brad Raffensperger is doing this. He's not doing this other than it's going to make him look good. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, those, uh, those, uh, those, uh, those um, fair weather Republicans, right? The Republicans that show up every four years, uh, those, uh, those uh, conservatives that show up every four years, those uh, patriot and name only patriots. If I convene this uh, here uh, board to investigate, they're going to be like, all right, Bradley's on our side. And you know what? He's right. He's right. Bradley is absolutely right. There probably are uh, four-year patriots that show up and all they have to hear is a headline that says Raffensperger is investigating. They're like, all right, Raffensperger's on our side. Uh, Raffensperger, he's a good man. He's doing this investigation. He believes in fraud. Well, Raffensperger is just trying to cover his butt and bury his sins. And I wish that those would listen. Now, obviously, everyone who's listening to this program right now is not one of those fair weather patriots, obviously. Uh, but uh, why not call them out? Because, you know, they exist. They're called rhino fodder. OK, the rhino fodder out there, they exist. Right. They only show up every four years, just like other people in America who are not as engaged. Okay, so, all right, now, now let me tell you why I believe this is to cover, you know, Bradley's butt, other than just the fact that, obviously, that's what it's for, okay? Here's the main reason why, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this board convened yesterday. The board appointed Stephen Day, okay? It's, it's going to be bipartisan, so it's Stephen Day. He is a Democrat appointee of Gwinnett County, Okay, fine. Okay, whatever. Uh, another person appointed to this three-member panel is Ricky Kittle, and he's a Republican appointee from Catoosa County. Sounds good. All right, we got a Dem, and we got a Republican. Well, now, guess who the third appointee of this investigatory panel is? This panel that is going to investigate the mismanagement that happened in Fulton County, okay? It is Ryan Germany, okay? This is as bad as the fraud that happened in New Hampshire, where you had uh, you had that bear, what was his name? I can't remember the guy's name. You you remember all of them. You, you remember all of the guys who were doing, okay, the New Hampshire, you know, the New Hampshire audit guys, 
everyone was an inside man at that one. What was it? It was, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. It's not coming to me right now. Anyways, he was a big old scary bear who worked for the United Nations. And he showed the world how to, uh, how to hack a Diebold uh, um, 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 uh, memory card, right? That same guy. All right. So that guy, it was the same crap. Okay. Now, Ryan Germany, the lawyer for Brad Raffensperger, who hired Carter Jones to take notes. And Carter Jones was in constant contact with Ryan Germany and Brad Raffensperger the entire time this mismanagement was going down. And, and we read Carter Jones's notes here, guys. It was like two months ago or more. And, and in Carter Jones's notes, it was like they're double stuffing ballots at 12.01 a.m. There's a severe chain of custody mismanagement uh, all throughout. Like they had this information in real time and they lied to President Trump and this guy serving on the panel. OK, why would you have this guy serving on the panel when he knew all of the mismanagement that was happening on the day it happened? It's because Bradley Raffensperger wants to co co conceal his lies. He wants to cover his butt. And I, you know, I've just so had it with Bradley Raffensperger. Like, Bradley, please, Bradley, why don't you just turn yourself in? There's no amount of, of work he could do to hide the fact that, this, oh, you know, actually, guys, you know how they say that the cover up is is worse than the crime? Well, he's done so many things to try and cover this up. I think it should show intent by now that Bradley Raffensperger, the Secretary of Snakes of the state of Georgia, intentionally certified a fraudulent election in November 2020. Point blank, period, amen, my words to God's ears and vice versa. That's that's just the, that's the long and short of it, ladies and gentlemen. He's done so much to cover it up with that. He, now he has put his own attorney on an investigatory panel into the mismanagement of Fulton County when they already knew how it was mismanaged in real time. So now you have to wonder exactly how his lawyer, Ryan Germany, the little panty boy for Bradley Raffensperger, and trust me, Carter Jones is the little panty boy also, is going to cover this up and make it look nice and pretty for Mr. Bradley Raffensperger. Because you know that the only reason why Bradley's in there is to catch all of the faults and to just kind of gloss him over or make him look like something else. That's the reason why little Mr. Ryan Germany is there. Okay. And it chaps my butt because again, this is the man who hired Carter Jones, who gave them the notes. This is the man who is on the phone with Bradley and president Trump. And they lied flat out to president Trump. Okay. They lied flat out. Okay. So, I think that Bra uh, Ryan Germany should recuse himself from being on this panel because he's already guilty of so much sin and lies that he should he should be nowhere near this entire uh, investigation into the mismanagement of Fulton County. Should be nowhere near it, ladies and gentlemen. And that's just my opinion here at the Sea Report. All right, let's go into our next story of election uh, dealings. We're going straight to California, guys. All right, let's talk a little bit about California. Now, as you all may be aware, the recall election is heating up in California. It's, uh, it seems from what I've been reading 
and perusing that it doesn't look too good for Gavin uh, Newscum, gruesome, gruesome Newscum. It doesn't look too good for him at all, guys. It doesn't look good for him at all. Like, I feel like he's starting to really shake in his, uh, you know, patent leather boots, right? Okay, uh, well, recently uh, they held the second recall GOP debate in California. Let's take a quick gander at a local California newscast and uh, it has some information about what was going on. Uh, here we had um, Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, former mayor Kevin Falconer, and uh, John Cox, a businessman, who were present at this GOP debate. Larry Elder was not present. Um, you know, and I mean, Larry Elder has such a name. I mean, because he's the front runner that I don't blame him for not being present. But, you know, it, it does instill a sense of confidence into the constituency to be present. Either way, the fact that Larry Elder was not present at the second GOP debate did not go uh, unnoticed by uh, some of these candidates. Uh, but we'll just do a quick look at this news brief from a local uh, local. Um, uh, a local newscast there in California talking about the second GOP debate for the recall elections. Three Republican candidates hoping to replace Governor Newsom in a recall debated tonight in Sacramento. Our Capitol Bureau reporter Ashley Savala shows us how some of the candidates are now taking aim at more than just the governor. This was the second recall debate among some of the top polling Republican candidates. But once again, Larry Elder, the front runner, declined to debate. And so some of the focus tonight turned to him. Larry Elder should be here to defend his positions, but he's not. While Republican candidates have publicly remained cordial throughout the recall process, that changed in Tuesday night's Sacramento Press Club debate. Former San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer calling out candidate and conservative radio talk show host Larry Elder for saying women no less than men are easier to manipulate and that it's okay to discriminate against pregnant women in the workplace. We gotta call it that. All of us on the stage and everybody running for governor, that's not who we are as Californians. The other two candidates, Assemblyman Kevin Kiley and businessman John Cox, did not follow Faulkner's lead of scolding Elder, but they did say they wish he would debate. The three did collectively criticize Governor Gavin Newsom for the state's homelessness and wildfire prevention issues and pandemic-related policies. With some ballots already in the hands of California voters, the Republicans working to make the case on why each should be chosen to replace Newsom. But as Cox began his opening statement, a service processor shouted he was being served in a lawsuit out of San Diego County Superior Court and threw a packet of papers on the floor, which sat by Cox's feet all night. Neither he nor his campaign would immediately comment Tuesday. I already addressed it. I'm not going to address it again. Another lawsuit on the minds of all candidates, one in federal court now questioning the constitutionality of California's recall process. Candidates say they are not worried. I don't think it has any legs to it. I have no doubt that this is going to be tossed out, uh, but it just serves to underline the desperation uh, of the Newsom campaign and the disrespect they have for California voters. This is not the only time we'll see Cox, Kylie, and Faulkner on stage this week. The three are participating in our Inside California Politics debate Thursday night. In Sacramento, Ashley Zavala, Cron, 4 News. Ashley Zavala. Okay, cool. All right, guys. So, um, yeah, that was basically just a quick summary. If you're a what, man guys? over 50 uh, what, who, who suffers... Who are you? I do not allow you onto my screen. Go away. <laughs> okay, let me clear that out real quick. Okay, so yeah, so they had the uh, second GOP debate there in California, right? Okay, sorry, we're gonna re we're gonna replace that image with a much more gruesome image. Did we say gruesome? Did we say gruesome newscum? Yep, there he is, the devil in the flesh. 
gruesome Nuscum, ladies and gentlemen, fighting for his life because he pretty much knows it's about to end in terms of leadership of California. Now, uh, okay, so they had this debate. Uh, I thought that was actually pretty funny that that one dude, John Cox, uh, was served while he was on stage. I was like, oh, man, it's got to be embarrassing. Um, but um, but for a fact, you know, um, uh, that that is going down. Again, Larry Elder wasn't present. However, I don't know if you guys caught at the tail end of that report where they were talking about that there is a, um, there is a federal lawsuit that has come into place where they are um, um, suing because basically they're saying that this recall election is unconstitutional. Did you guys hear that? All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So yes, indeed, there has been a lawsuit filed by two eligible voters. We don't know who they are, but apparently they're Gavin Gruesome Newscom supporters who are trying to stop the recall election by declaring that it is unconstitutional. Okay, so what is that all about, right, ladies and gentlemen? We might be wondering. Now, the six-page filing claims that the recall elections run counter to constitutional requirements. Now, the constitutional requirements would include the provisions that um, votes must be of equal weight and power, right? So one vote is one percentage point of power. So everyone's vote counts, kind of the long and short of it, right? Um, so because of the way the recall elections are set up, you know, you get uh, two questions on the ballot. You know, do you want to recall and who would you choose, right? Now, uh, their whole thing is, um, say they have enough people who vote yes on the recall, but and then that brings the recall into play. But then you have uh, more people who support Gavin Gruesome Newscum, right? Um, but they can't, you know, necessarily vote that way. Like, it, it basically means that you could have a higher number of people who support Gavin Gruesome Newscum versus an amount of people who want the recall. And, and to them, it's just an unbalance. Okay, so according to this law professor... Um, who uh, says it much more eloquently than I just did. They said, by conducting the recall election in this way, Mr. Gruesome Newscum can receive far more votes than any other candidate, but still be removed from office. Many focus on how unfair this structure is to the governor, but consider instead how unfair it is to the voters who support him. Okay, and so uh, basically the scenario that they see playing out is say you have 10 million people voted in the election with 5 million and one voting to remove Newsom. If Elder was the top, Larry Elder was the top vote getter, then he would win with a tally of less than half of what Gruesome had, so 5 million, or like 400 million, 999, 999, right? Um, but Larry Elder could win with just 1.8 million based on the way this is set out. Uh, the scholar went on to say, if Mr. Newsom would have the support of almost three times as many voters, but Mr. Elder would uh, become the governor, that scenario is not a wild hypothetical Based on virtually every poll, Mr. Newsom seems likely to have more votes to keep him in office than any other candidate will receive to replace him. 
but he may well lose the first question on the recall, effectively disenfranchising the supporters of the second question. So basically, they're just getting into really harsh technicalities to try and save gruesome Newscomb's butt and say this is unconstitutional. Well, I'm so sorry, California voters, but the Constitution of California did not lay out any of this. And, you know, I would say that if um, the uh, governor were really good at his job, it never would have come down to this recall election. Okay, so how are you going to try and piddle technicalities to try and save a man who's done a poor job? Because in the end, it's probably a lot harder, not, not probably, it's a lot harder to even initiate a recall than it is to have a general election. A general election is going to happen for your governor. But to get a recall going, that takes a lot of work. I mean, it takes a lot of work to do that. I would not know anything about that, but I'm sure that my California friends could go into depth and breadth about it. But that that's something that's something that's kind of a phenomenon. That's the kind of out there. It's not just like, oh, we're having our elections every year. No, this recall thing is takes effort, guys. And I'm pretty sure maybe that was part of the thought process whenever the people who founded California laid out its constitution. Um, so that it's not nonsensical to say that, yeah, it, it, it's going it, to uh, what they're saying is hypothetically speaking, all the people who originally voted for Gavin Newsom gruesome would give him the vote. But guess what? Probably not all those people are going to turn up for the recall election. And probably a lot of them are going to be voting against him at this point because of the way that he has run the state of California. Okay. As it says in this article, the recall provision in the California constitution does not establish a way for votes to be of equal weight and power since the state officer sought to be recalled specifically is prohibited from running and cannot run to replace him or herself. Now, the reason why that's important is because the people who are fighting against this recall election as being un unconstitutional actually sought to have Gavin Grusom Newsom's name included in the name of replacement governors <laughs> so that he could be recalled and also he could be among those who that's just retarded okay <laughs> sorry to all those out there who never mind okay let me just not even go into that uh but i mean that's very interesting and so now what they're basically saying and again they don't know who these two eligible voters who filed this lawsuit are but they're very well aware that it may actually be someone who is aligned with gavin gruesome newscomb and uh you know someone who's in his uh, part of his party or part of his posse uh they're trying to ensure that he does not get recalled okay because right now it very well looks like he is going to be recalled but this litigation, as we're seeing, the liberal deep state and the Democrats love to use, they love to use lawfare, right? This litigation that they're passing to try and, like, they wanted the, the recall election to be stalled until something was passed, some, 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 some hearing was called on this whole, uh, this whole lawsuit that they're filing. It's not going to happen. You know, recall day California is still happening on September 14th, right before my birthday, but for a fact, they wanted it to be put aside until a judge made a ruling on this. That's not going to happen, okay? But in the meantime, in between time, there are other methods that we're seeing the uh, the uh, the fraudulent California, uh, um, I guess, electorate is trying to do in order to save the hide of Gavin Gruesome Newscomb. Okay, there have been um, there have actually been attempts at fraud 
that have been disclosed publicly in regard to the recall election in California. Okay, there are two measures. Now, just keep in mind, guys, when we are talking about election fraud and the, the, the little and the big of it, the easy and the complicated of it, you know, um, the analog and the digital of it, right? Like there's a whole spectrum of fraud, you know, and, you know, the current election audits happening in the United States are revealing a lot of those pathways. Well, they're taking it a very analog approach to fraud in California to try and help gruesome new scum from being recalled. Now, this is what they found. Um, apparently, okay, you guys all know about the ballots and when they run through the uh, election machines, if they read them, if there's a fold on the line, if there's a, a dot where there should not be a dot, the ballot is either immediately disqualified or it's given into adjudication, okay? So guess what happens on the uh, California recall ballots, guys? Guess what happens? Well, this is what happens. Check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Right where Larry Elder's name is, there is a line through the mark. So if you fold the ballot, and this happened in New Hampshire, ladies and gentlemen, where there was a fold on the, the person they did not want in, that would go into adjudication or it would immediately been given to another candidate. So right on Larry Elder's line, who is the top forefront, he's the dude that Gavin is sweating over, right? He is the conservative talk show host who's running for governor at this moment that California does not want in, at least uh, by way of the deep state globalist California. So somehow they managed to get this ballot. So when they they mail it out to the constituents and these absentee ballots have already been mailed out to a lot of people in California, more to come. There's a fold right on the line of Larry Elder. So if you vote for Larry Elder, that ballot machine will not be able to read that. It will put it immediately into adjudication, which means a human being will have to judge your intent of how you wanted to vote. And if they don't like Larry Elder or if they're paid off by the California Democrat, liberal, progressive communist party, then they're going to give this vote to Gavin Newsom or, or to someone else or something, or they're going to toss it, you know? So this is something that has been found that the way these ballots are printed and mailed. And, and do you guys think this is conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat, woo woo stuff? Or do you think this is intentional? I think this is intentional. We've already seen in Michigan. We've already seen in other States uh, that this is exactly the, the game that in, in, in New Hampshire, we saw this. Okay, we saw this in New Hampshire. We saw this in Michigan. This is exactly the game that they played in order to adjudicate ballots and have a human who has bias judge the intent of this voter's decision. Okay, so that's what we're seeing in California. Be aware of it, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the state of California, if you're not aware of it already, this is a tactic that they are using. Okay. This is a tactic that they are using. Another tactic that they have found, and this one to me is by far so, it's grossly obvious that, that the next tactic I'm going to show you guys has happened. Okay. The next tactic has to do with the mailing of the ballot. Okay. The actual envelope that you put it in. Now, you guys might remember that during 2020, uh, they were saying that there were some envelopes that were marked like Republican in the corner or the, there was some marking of political party or bias on the envelope. So if the mail carrier saw it, 
and they were either bought or paid off or they were just die hard. I don't care about our constitution and I don't care about elections. Democrats, they would see Republican on the envelope and they would toss it, right? There was a marking that differentiated the two between Republican and Democrat in the 2020 election. Kind of the same story here. What we're seeing here is on the actual envelope that these ballots are mailed in, there are peephole slots on the envelope exactly where the yes or no vote is for the recall question of Gavin Grusom Newscom. Like, I can't even believe this. Like, how would they even manufacture these envelopes with, I don't get it. Like, how can they even manufacture envelopes that do that? Okay. Now, to illustrate my point, we have a video. All right, check it out, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I'm talking about. Come on, girl. There we go. So when you fold up your ballot, more than likely, it seems natural, you're just going to slip this in. Um, but you have to pay attention to these two holes that are in the front of the envelope. You can see... If someone from the outside of the mail-in ballot, you can see if somebody has voted yes to recall Newsom. This is uh, very sketchy and irresponsible in my opinion, but this is asking for fraud. So anybody that has access to this mail-in envelope can see who's voted yes, toss it, do whatever they want to it. They, they can see your vote from the outside of the envelope. So when you're doing this, make sure you line up your ballot on the inside of the envelope so that your vote is not visible. I think that's important. And if you can share this information. All right. So if you can share that information, good job, girl. Good job. <laughs> good job. Okay. All right. So yeah. So I mean, they're they're kind of trying to pull out all the stops to get uh, Gavin Newsom to stay in in office. Um, we'll see what happens. I really do believe that the man is kind of running for his life right now. Uh, he's very, very, very scared of his election uh, going through, and I think it, it just may, guys. It just may. But that is a quick update from what is happening during the California recall election. Like I said, we're doing election stories right now. And that's going to take us over to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. in that uh, in that um, that uh, alien alien country here. You know, that's not really part of our country. Anyways. OK, so what's going on in Washington, D.C. regarding our elections? OK, so you guys may happen to know that H.R. 1, totally unpopular, totally debased. Everyone's just been hounding on that, even though we still have Democrats fighting for H.R. 1, which is the For the People Act, which is to legalize all the fraud that they did during the 2020 presidential election. Right. We have the, te the we have the Texas Democrat body running up to Washington, D.C. to pretend to be civil rights activists and to uh, and to uh, laud the grandness of H.R. 1. Right. That kind of junk. OK. So it didn't happen. So uh, what they did, the Democrats, is they uh, they they recently went back in and basically restructured this a little bit, and they called it HR four. Now this is pretty sad. We're what seven months into this uh, administration, 
and the House representatives of the United States of America have only written four bills, okay? <laughs> only four bills, H.R. 4, okay, H.R. 4. They're not doing a whole lot, apparently, over there in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is called the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act of 2021. That's the name of H.R. 4. Okay, it was introduced to uh, the uh, introduced by the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Chucky Crying Schumer, Crying Chuck Schumer, um, but it was blocked by Ted Cruz. Okay, so um, it was blocked by Ted Cruz. Now, again, like I said, this is the same. It's basically the same type of bill that HR one is, um, but uh, there's two different provisions to this bill that are separate from HR one. Okay, because. HR1 went through and it didn't it didn't get the weight under, you know, calls of racism and calls of violating the Voters Rights Act of 1965. It didn't get through a suppression bill like, you know, all the suppression that we're doing and all we're trying to suppress the vote by not wanting HR1 to pass, you know, because we just don't believe in fraud. You know, the American people don't believe in fraud. The American people don't believe in cheating. And that's why H.R. 1 did not work. OK, we saw all of that pushback. We saw Coca-Cola going woke. We saw, you know, uh, you know, the baseball games moving out of Atlanta, going to Chicago, whatever. Right. OK, so uh, the, the Democrats decided to get together and do H.R. 4 and try and push it again. OK, and um, it, it didn't work. OK, because uh, under the unanimous consent process. A bill is considered approved by the full Senate without a recorded vote unless at least one senator objects. And uh, the senator who objected was uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who objected at 4 a.m. in the morning on August 11th and so kind of foibled their plans. Uh, but here's what they changed about H.R. 4 that was different from H.R. 1. And now they had to do this because some things have come up since then that kind of, you know, put a spike in the road and would have tripped them up on their bike. Um, OK, so they changed a couple of things. There was uh, this one provision uh, and, and this was against uh, something called um, Shelby County versus Holder. Now, this is a case that happened in 2013. Now, in Shelby Counter versus Holder, what you had was the court ruling that they would relax quite substantially certain requirements from the Voting Rights Act that had once been subjected to nine southern states as part of six others to the Department of Justice approval of proposed election laws. Basically, what that means is in 2013, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the DOJ did not have authority over six or nine southern states that were once uh, um, part of the Voting Rights Acts of 1965. It relaxed it. So it said, sorry, DOJ, you can't just come in here and take over this state election as a federal agent uh, because you feel like it. Right. So in this H.R. 4. Basically, what they did is they overwrote that and uh, they basically gave the power back to the Justice Department to interfere into state elections. That's one of the things that they did. The other thing that the Democrats did in H.R. 4 is they overwrote the provision that just happened this year. Branovich versus the Democrat National Committee. You guys remember, like, um, um, the, uh, the Democrats went after the state of Arizona because they had election laws on absentee ballots that they did not agree with. 
right? Okay, so this again had to do with um, ballot harvesting. Arizona said no to ballot harvesting. We're not going to allow any, you know, Jack or John, Jill Johnson come up and collect your ballots. It's got to be one of three, you know, an election representative uh, and not uh, not a partisan one, like, you know, county or whatever, uh, um, a, a mailman or a family member that lives within that household. That's the way it is in most states. Um, and so uh, Arizona said no to that. You can't have a political activist of, of any rainbow color coming up to someone's house and taking ballots. Uh, and then also more provisions that would um, strengthen uh, strengthen the poll watchers and stuff like that. Well, the Democrats didn't agree with that. They lost in the Supreme Court. And so they wrote provisions in this H.R. 4 that took that away. You know, so, I mean, obviously, how do you think that this was going to pass? I mean, they must think that we are so goldfish memory that we would not even remember or think about that. Um, but like I said, it didn't pass. This was just another thing that they were trying to do. These Democrats trying to get these election fraud laws passed in the state. So this way they can go ahead and commit fraud every single time that they have an election. Uh, the, the most frightening thing, though, about that first provision that we were talking about that uh, dealt with the Voting Rights Act is that if it had passed, Basically, that would have given the Department of Justice free reign to interfere in any state election, regardless of whether it had to do with the Voting Rights Act, regardless if it was actually suppressing uh, uh, an ethnicity or a group or a gender or a race or what have you. They could have done it just because they did not agree with whatever the state had decided to pass on that election. So props to... Uh, I guess Ted Cruz for being the being the <laughs> being the fork in the road or what have you that the bump in the road that totally um, totally blocked them from passing that, but they're still trying to do it. It's just not going to be called HR one anymore. Uh, now it's going to be called the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. So keep that on your radar, ladies and gentlemen, in case you hear it. HR four. They're trying to move it into a uh, federal <laughs> legislation near you. Apparently. All right. Let's go to our next story. Now we're going to talk about elections in Arizona. Look at that. That's like Wendy Rogers. I just want to pinch, pinch her cheeks, right? Pinch Wendy Rogers cheeks. Uh, she's done some fabulous work over in Maricopa County with uh, election audits and election integrity. As you guys may know, uh, she actually recently spoke as of Tuesday. Now, Tuesday, she was in Pennsylvania doing a voter integrity election rally. Um, would love to have covered it, but no one was covering it. Um, I looked up and down everywhere I could for it. Anyway, so she was one of the keynote speakers at the rally, gave a fabulous speech, uh, you know, really, really put out there what it takes to do it and also giving out the information on how to do it. Uh, because after all, uh, the work that they did in Arizona is totally viable to perform the same kind of audit in other states. And she's going around the country on tour right now to encourage others and to give others that beautiful golden information. In fact, there is another rally coming up soon. I believe it's going to be in North Carolina. Maybe they will be tuned into it and we'll see some live coverage of that so we can share it with the friends. Uh, now, I did have a speech from Wendy Rogers at this uh, audit, the vote rally in Pennsylvania, but we're short for time here at the Sea Report and I'm long winded on my speech and opinion and, uh, you know, uh, um, analysis. So 
For now, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. We will not be able to cover, we will not be able to listen to the beautiful words. But if you go to rumble.com, look up Wendy Rogers, and you can see it's a 20-minute speech. If you haven't heard it already, um, you can go ahead and listen to it. It's a very good speech from Wendy Rogers there. I was looking for um, Doug Mastriano's speech, the senator from Cal uh, from Pennsylvania. But unfortunately, no one seemed to cover Doug Mastriano. I guess he's just not as popular as Wendy is. But anyways, guys, I would encourage you guys to go listen to that. I intended to play it tonight, but we're already three hours in almost. So let's keep on moving on. We're going to talk. Oh, wait. Well, you can guys go here for sure. Go here for sure if you haven't already. I already have. Uh, Wendy Rogers' um, um, webpage to, to audit the election. Sign the petition. You don't have to be from Arizona to do it. This is at action.wendyrogers.org slash decertify. That is action.wendyrogers.org slash decertify so that you can sign the petition. Like I said, you don't have to be from Arizona to sign this petition. I would go sign it today and let them know that you too also support election integrity and want to see forensic audits happening in every state in this union. All right, next up, let's talk a little bit about these POSs. That is the Maricopa County BOSs, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Uh, pictured here, you have one Bill Gates, not the eugenicists, but the, uh, the uh, fraudulent rhino. Well, no, he's not a fraudulent rhino. He's a real rhino. The fraudulent Republican rhino, <laughs> who is the chair of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And here you have Jack Sell Out Sellers. Another, well, they're all rhino. Well, this one's a rhino. This one's a rhino. This one's a Democrat. And this one's a rhino. Okay. Jack Sell Out Sellers. Actually, he's the chair if i'm not mistaken and i think i guess he's just like the president or something anyways though yeah maricopa county pos bos for sure what's happening over there well we have the maricopa county bos finally responding to ag bronovich now we've talked about ag bronovich at low now i call ag bronovich the sleeping bear attorney general of arizona like like rarely does he come out and flex his muscles and show his claws and bare his teeth right he did it once when ag garland tried to come in and be like hey we're gonna come and interfere with your elections maricopa county and uh, he, they were quickly turned away uh, by uh, Wendy Rogers and also by, um, you know, uh, A.G. Bronovich. So I was, I, was, uh, I was proud of Bronovich, even though I'm not an Arizonan. I was proud of Bronovich for showing his teeth in that regard. Um, but now we have Senator Sonny Borelli, who has uh, um, initiated an investigation into uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors for, um, for uh, not turning over subpoenaed items to the state Senate. Um, uh, to see, in fact, if they can be held in contempt, if they can be arrested by the sergeant at arms. OK, that's what this is going on here now. Now, Bronovich had 30 days from the date of receipt from Sonny Borelli to go ahead and get this going. Uh, Bronovich indeed did do it. We're like, all right, Bronovich is doing something. You know what, Bronovich, if you want to get if you want to secure your seat in the Senate, you better do something about this. We're watching you, Bronovich. OK, because he's running for another office after this. He's running for a Senate position, and if he wants to get that Senate position, he better should he better do his job, okay? Because they ain't gonna vote for you if you let this fall by the wayside. And maybe he will. We'll see. Because, um, um, like I said, the Maricopa County POS BOS has basically responded to Bronovich two days ahead of the deadline. Oh wow, they're actually on time for something, right? Two days ahead of the, ahead of the headline, ahead of the deadline, uh, to respond to AG Bronovich in in regards to this investigation. 
And that, uh, that response was either to state why you have not complied with subpoenas issued by Maricopa County or to follow through with the subpoenas that were issued by Maricopa County. Those are the two things that these uh, Maricopa County POS, BOS can do. Right. That's what's required. So they have responded. OK, so Maricopa County has responded. What did these fools have to say? Let's take a look at their letter to A.G. Bronovich uh, via Michael S. Catlett, which is his deputy solicitor general. Uh, let me expand this on the screen so you can tell that I am reading what I'm reading. Now, they say here, on behalf of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, we respond to your letter dated August 6, 2021, regarding Senator Sonny Borelli's request for investigation as to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors' alleged failure to comply with valid and enforceable legislative subpoenas that originated from the Arizona Senate. The allegations in the request are without merit. The Senate's authority to enforce the subpoena through its statutory contempt powers expired on June 30th, 2021, with the adjournment of the legislative session. Accordingly, any action taken by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in relation to the subpoena did not violate state law or constitution of Arizona, and we respectfully ask that your office take no further action regarding this request. So basically... The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, um, Soros-backed attorneys, you know, the ones who worked for Hillary Clinton, have um, come up with this technicality that says since, uh, you know, the state Senate and House uh, adjourned on June 30th, they can, this, these, these subpoenas are frivolous. There's nothing to back them up. That's what they're saying here. Like, this is the technicality that they're playing on. Uh, it goes on to say in this statement here, part of the portion, in pertinent part, the objection advises that Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has already produced every responsive record in its custody and control relating to request number three, and it does not possess any passwords to access the ballot tabulation devices used in connection with the general election in lieu of producing its routers, which would put sensitive confidential data at risk, render law enforcement vulnerable to hackers, and disrupt operations costing millions. Millions of dollars. So they're still using the same old sing song circus song, you know, about uh, about a they I mean, first of all, admitting that they don't have the password should be enough to put them up on a tree hanging by a rope. Right. But then again, they're still talking about these routers, uh, which allegedly contain confidential data. Now, we all know that routers, that's not their function. So to me, the only confidential data on those routers is where the information was going. It's riskful data for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors because it would totally uh, out them for what they're doing and what they've done. And that's why they don't want it out there. Okay. That's why the routers are so important. Okay. But all this other stuff is just hogwash. Okay. And they're still using this as an example of why they cannot, they should not turn in their stuff. Uh, they conclude here, specifically, the presiding officer of either House or the chairman of any committee is authorized to issue subpoenas. The Senate or the House is authorized to enforce the subpoena through the contempt powers conferred under the power of the legislature to punish for contempt, however, expires with the adjournment of the legislative session. So again, they are using sign die as their cover or sine dia or whatever it's called as their cover as why they feel that the subpoenas issued by the Senate does not hold any weight. 
So we will have to see exactly how A.G. Branovich is going to go ahead and respond to this. Um, although I seem to remember reading an article somewhere that did talk about this committee uh, performing its duties outside of typical um, uh, Senate um, adjournment. And, and I believe it was it was either um, dang it, it was either Sonny Borelli or it was uh, it was uh, the former AG, the former um, the former uh, Secretary of State, Ken Bennett, who had who had talked about the actual legal and technical uh, provisions that the Senate could still continue performing this audit, even though the Senate had adjourned. So uh, maybe I'm going to have to dig that up. But um, we'll see how AG responds. Now, either AG's going to out-snuff them or AG's going to be like, oh, thank you, Maricopa County lawyers. You you got me off the hook. Now I don't have to go along with it. You provided this technical statement that I can just, you know, you know, uh, hide under. Uh, so we can see that AG's true colors. We can see the AG's true colors. Bronovich, I still don't have a lot of faith in him. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what he does. And that is basically the long and short of what is going on there. Now, as a caveat to this, let's talk about this fool here. Now, we've mentioned to you guys Paul Boyer before. This is Rhino Republican, Rhino Senator Paul Boyer of the Arizona Senate. Now, it is this man's fault that the... Arizona Senate could not hold Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in contempt during the Senate legislative session, okay? Because of this fool here, this rhino, this backstabbing, treasonous SOB, Paul Boyer, okay? It's because of him. He is the single lone rhino who sided with the Democrats when they had a vote of whether or not they were going to hold the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in contempt and have the sergeant at arms arrest them for not turning over the materials. This man right here, Paul Boyer, okay? So the only reason why I'm... Because we've already talked about Paul Boyer. You guys know we've already talked about him. He's His face has already been spilt all over my screen before. But the reason why I brought him here today was just to mudsling a little bit because Paul Boyer apparently is good friends with uh, Tony Navaretti, the, the Peterist, who is currently facing charges for molesting two teenage boys. Now, interesting enough, Tony uh, Navaretti is uh, the head of the LGBT caucus there in Arizona. Uh, this boat, I've seen Paul Boyer with his bow ties, kind of makes me wonder if he's a member of the LGBT caucus also. Uh, but Paul Boyer, you're hanging out with pedophiles and uh, you're voting against America. So I just thought I would point that out to everybody else because I already don't like you very much so, Paul Boyer. And uh, and clearly you don't know anything. What kind of gay are you, Paul Boyer, wearing a bow tie with a Texas buckle? You don't do that, my friend. You don't do that. Anyways, I just thought that was a little bit of a... Uh, that's uh, just a little interesting tidbit. I mean, you, you know, we have AOC, you know, we have, uh, we have Kamana Wanalea, what the hell Harris, all taking pictures with this pederast right here, that man right there. Yeah, that's Tony Navaretti, head of the LGBT, LGBT caucus. Uh, he also voted, uh, he also voted that uh, they should teach sexual education to kindergartners in the state of Arizona, this pederast right here, right? He did that, you know, he probably would have put the P in LGBT PQ, this man right here. And there's Paul Boyer with his little bow tie. 
hanging out with pederists over there in Arizona, right? And he also voted no for election integrity in Arizona, just so you know. He's a rhino, right? He probably came from the same factory that uh, all these other rhinos come out of that uh, pretend to be rhinos, but they're actually Democrats. It's a shame, ladies and gentlemen. It is a crying shame. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I think I got one more story for you all. Thank you guys for hanging out tonight. It's been a fun sea report. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. I see y'all are still talking it up in chat. Youper Viking, thank you for gifting the shades. Loving the energy. I love your energy. Thank you so much for the uh, the ex- the energetic exchange there, I guess you could say. All right, guys. And then who's it? A one, two, three, SKG gifting that cookie. Thank you so much for the cookie, my friend. The rest of you guys, the rest of the gold pills are off the charts. So anyways, but you guys are chatting it up. I love it when the fam's hanging out and enjoying everything and enjoying you guys. I'm enjoying you all as well. Thank you for being here. Okay, so... Let's go to our last story for tonight. Now, you guys might remember last night we were talking a little bit about uh, consequences for the rhinos. Because after all, it is rhino hunting season, right? It's rhino hunting season. And there are consequences, ladies and gentlemen. There are consequences in this day and age because these rhinos don't realize that the constituency are looking and paying attention and they're acting. Okay, they're not just like, oh, what? They backstabbed us. And then, you know, back to business as usual, back to the 40 hour grind, back to taking care of the family, back to business. Right. No, the constituency are looking and acting now. And that's what the rhinos seem to be disconnected from. Right. So it seems that Liz Cheney, remember yesterday we talked about uh, Lindsey Graham was censored uh, for being a bastard that approved the Marxist communist new green theory infrastructure bill. And then we had um, we had another uh, rhino that was being censored somewhere else. Well, uh, Liz Cheney, a daughter of famed uh, Dick Cheney, uh, has been censored in her own home state by two counties. Now, these are two additional counties, come to find out. Apparently, there are other counties that have already censored her. They don't even recognize her as a Republican is basically what they're saying. Uh, there was a letter here. This is from, uh, this is the resolution. This is from Carbon County. So the counties that have declared her to be a non-Republican and they will not recognize her as a Republican. Uh, in, uh, the two new ones are Park County and Carbon County in Wyoming State. Uh, they join Unita County and Platte County and Fremont County who have already either censored her or do no longer view her as a Republican. Passed unanimously by the Carbon County Republican Party on August 7th is when this happened. Now, this is all the whereas, you know, like, whereas Liz Cheney is basically a Democrat in disguise, whereas Liz Cheney has voted with Democrats, whereas Liz Cheney voted against President Trump, all that stuff, right? Here at the end, talks a little bit about, this is the clincher here. (coughs) It says... Let me expand this a little bit more because it's like so small. It says, let it be known Representative Elizabeth Lynn Cheney will officially no longer be personally recognized by the Carbon County Republican Party as a Republican representative in Carbon County or the state of Wyoming via the powers granted to us by the Carbon County Republican Party bylaws, Article 3, Section 3, as well as the powers delegated to us by the Wyoming Republican Party bylaws, 
Article 3, Section 3, and through the statutory authority mandated by Wyoming State Statute 22-4-11, AV4, and ultimately by the inalienable and indefeasible liberty granted us by God, protected from government infringement by the provisions of Article 1, Section 1 of the Wyoming Constitution, in short, Representative Elizabeth Lynn Cheney, as far as the Carbon County Republican Party is concerned, as it, it, as it relates to your association to and recognition within the Republican Party, and in the immortal words of the 45th President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, you're fired. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just taking a moment to sit back and reflect to sop in all of those glorious winning juices of accountability that these rhinos will see indeed moving forward. When I say, ladies and gentlemen, it's rhino hunting season, like the people are awake. And that is why the time is so different now than any other time in history, any other time in history. Because right now we are living in a time where not only are enough people awake and enough of the right people, I should say, because granted, we may not be the majority majority, you know, but we are a loud minority majority. I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we're not two thirds of the nation, but there are enough of us awake and the right people awake right now who are not only taking notice, but they are acting on it. People are acting on it. And that is why it is so different now than it has been any other time in the last two or three decades or since, you know, since the times of Andrew Jackson, I would say, you know, because he successfully removed the central bank. And uh, what else have we seen since then where people literally stand up and they win? Okay. So right now we're at a point in history where the constituency is awake and they are doing something about it. They are not just sitting around on their loyals, laurels and they're not just sitting around defeated uh, because they feel like uh, this is just business as usual. Uh, it's always like this. You know, that defeatist mentality is worse than the victim mentality. If they sit around and say, nothing's ever going to change or I hope it changes, but I don't see anything. We'll go out and do something about it. After all, we're here, guys. We're awake and we're aware. If we really want to see that change, we'll go out and we will talk. We will do something, not just protest, go be active. Uh, I mean, that's 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 just that's basically the sermon that's been being preached here for, you know, for a little bit. Uh, I've been saying it for a while, though, ladies and gentlemen, and I think you all can contest to that um, as a fact. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up the C report for tonight. We went an hour into overtime. I hope you guys don't mind, but I think you guys are enjoying yourselves out there in the chat land. The Foxhole family, I got to say once again, I love you guys so much and thank you for being present. You guys make this adventure so meaningful. Um, also, thank you to Hodge Allison. Wait, did I say that right? Hodges Allison 1969 for donating the can. In fact, Hodges Allison, let me check my notes real quick. Hodges Allison 1969. Yes, actually, Hodges Allison was in the chat room yesterday and said they've been with Foxhole for a long time, but they were new to the show and that they really enjoyed it. Thank you, Hodges Allison. I appreciate you. Welcome to the C family. 
Um, I know they've been making you feel nice and comfy in the bunker over here, in my little part of the bunker anyways. And I appreciate your gold pill donation. Also, um, Rapture Ready, thank you for donating the cookie. Um, I appreciate that as well. Because at this point, all of these gold pills are going to Nevada. Okay, so <laughs> that's what that's going to be all about. Let me release the scratch off for you guys. So we can close out the night. WC Crane up. Oh, WC, thank you for the ship. You are an awesome man, dude. I don't know. Like, I don't where do where where do they hide these awesome people? Apparently they hide them in the foxholes. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, yes, we'll have uh we'll be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, tomorrow is the international report here at the Sea Report. So we'll be talking some international news. Uh, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. Um, I don't, uh, I, I haven't really gotten a purview of what we'll be talking about tomorrow. Some, for some reason, Venezuela seems like it's on my radar and uh, the United Kingdom as well. Um, but we'll see what's up with that. We'll see what that's, what's up with that. Uh, before I go, though, do let me also uh, plug this real quick. Don't forget, if you don't have time to listen to the Sea Report live, you're always welcome to join any of our podcasts. Now, whatever podcast station you might listen to, Whatever podcast player is your preference, the Sea Report is most likely on there. Uh, we're everywhere except for uh, iHeartRadio. Um, so check out anchor.fm slash the Sea Report. And we are currently up to date. We have all 144 episodes uploaded to the um, up to the uh, podcast platforms. So if you'd like, make sure you check out the Sea Report. Uh, at anchor.fm slash the C report or subscribe to it for free on any of your favorite podcasts. Every time you listen to a podcast version of the C report, uh, a little bit of revenue comes into the C report studios coffers so we can uh, move forward with our endeavors here. And also guys, really honestly, um, the biggest way you could help out the C report is if you enjoy it, if you think it's worth listening to, um, if you think it's something that might turn the ear of an associate of yours or maybe a blue or black pilled family member or friend, uh, share the Sea Report with your with your your peoples. Let them know that we exist. Share them on social medias. We're not biased to any social media. We're not on any social media at the Sea Report, but uh, most definitely that would help uh, get the word out and spread uh, spread it around. And then we'll look into what else we can do as far as uh, supporting the fans and the friends out there of the Sea Report. But anyways, guys, in the meantime, in between time, we'll go ahead and we will close off the show for tonight. Let me go ahead and I want to scratch my gold pill. Okay. Did I claim it already? Okay. I got one gold pill tonight. All right. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for tonight. We are out and about. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, tomorrow we have the Sea Report, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. And we also have Mr. C in the Dark at midnight, live here on the Foxhole app and other areas. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>